Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody tuned in today on a Friday, 203. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Hey, get those blues related questions in. We've got some blues cues coming up at some point throughout oh, the show. Nobody has questions. Oh, I think they do. <laughs> Especially about one player specifically as we get close to the trade deadline. Yeah, Robert Thomas having a great year. I don't want to trade him. 314-399-96. I did. Oh. I said there's one player that <laughs> they want to talk that, about that they want to talk about I as we get closer to the trade deadline. Ah. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, air coverage service tax line. So yeah, send in some blues blues cues. We've got uh, your normal spattering of you know the gauntlet and uh-huh. uh, fader follow coming up at the end of the show. All that fun stuff. But we let- got our. Uh- Got our draft too, don't we? What's that called? Yeah, the we do. Draft. The bet the board draft. Congratu- <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah, congratulations to Kerry Davis for winning last month. So, Jamie, you got a, a, a winning month under your belt. You won January. I did. Kerry just won February. As we know, March is the month the month of the fast lane. Is it lane. really a win though? With twenty nine days, like I feel like it's a le- it's, it's an cheap. asterisk. Ah. Yeah, it's uh, it's cheap. It's cheap because he didn't yeah. really win out the month. He won 28 days or 29 days. We'll find out who's really in in March. Yeah, you know, Who's really good at this yeah, with 31, 31 days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a huge month. It is. It really is for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Mainly because the four of our birthdays are littered throughout this month. Mm-hmm. So, nice job, guys. It's going to be a busy month, baby. And, and thank our you to all of our parents. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got together. Yeah. Just out of curiosity... What time of year would that be for our parents to have, oh, I don't know, gotten frisky, hmm. Anthony? Was that like June, July? February, Summer January, babies? December, like, November, October. He's doing the roadside September, test right now. July. Oh, no, August, July. July? June? July? June. Somewhere around there. Huh. Like 4th of July. It's summertime. More like Canada Day. July 1st. Yeah, yeah. baby. That's what they're all thinking. Canada hey, Day. Yep. we're talking fireworks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. All right. Uh, what? Let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about your blues. Your St. Louis blues. Yeah. Jamie, I know that a lot of people are fired up about the trade deadline and, and what Doug Armstrong could do at the trade deadline. I want to ask you this, though. I... The the more the, the longer I've been a fan and the longer I've done this job where I, I look at things differently, where I look at things like, hey, roster building wise, because we get we get a lot of questions and a lot of comments about how the roster is built for whether it's the Cardinals or the Blues or if you're your football team. I think there are certain elements in each sport that you must have in order to win. Uh-huh. Football, it's it's really easily defined. You, you have to have a great quarterback. You have to have nowadays. I think you have to have a really skilled play caller, whether it's your head coach, your your OC. 
uh, solid offensive line, great pass rush, pass rush, right? Like if you just if you're just going to narrow it down to three or four things, that's it. Don't forget the punter. Punter's important, certainly. Yep. Kickers are people too. In baseball, to me, you have to have two frontline starters, minimum. You have to have a, an excellent bullpen with the way that the game has become specialized. And outside of that, I, I'm good with everything else, really. I've seen teams that aren't great offensively either win or, or reach the World Series just because they had two frontline starters and an excellent bullpen. Look at the Royals. They went to back-to-back World Series. And the, the series that they lost, they went seven games because they had an outstanding pen and a really good starting rotation and kind of got what they got out of their offense. What about in hockey? Is it still goaltending and defense? And if it's still goaltending and defense, Jamie, forget about Pavel Buchnevich and some of these other players that may or may not be dealt in a, in a week or so. Let's talk about what the Blues need to acquire eventually if they're if they're legitimately going to build another cup cup team. Yeah, so if you're going to be a contender, you have to be a team that creates offense off of the forecheck and in the offensive zone. So not necessarily off the rush. No, really, primarily not. You can't be a rush team. Look at the rush teams. The Toronto Maple Leafs, what have they done? They have so They've been much- fun. Yeah, but what have they done? Nothing. They've won one series. That's it. Mm-hmm. What about the Edmonton Oilers? They've been fun. They've got, what, two series in last year? Like, better. Right. But they haven't won anything. Because they were, the Oilers have improved their roster quite a bit, but they were both two teams that primarily operate off the rush. Yeah. The rush doesn't work for several reasons when it comes to being a championship team. One is a lot of times if you're if you're up against a good defensive team, well, the rush turns into turnovers. No sustained zone time, and it, it's a track meet. And you end up actually playing more defense than you do offense. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to score off the rush, you get your one opportunity. You hope to get across the blue line, get a shot on net, or make one pass to get a shot on net. Following that, though, what now? The other team gets control of the puck. They break it out. Now, now you're playing defense. You're trying to get the puck back again. So you end up wearing yourself out more than you should by being a rush team. Yeah. And then when you are the Blues and the way you defend in your own zone where, you know, they let a lot of that outside perimeter stuff just happen and they they shrink to the middle of the ice. Well, now you're chasing the puck around your own end and then you have one big shot off the rush and then you're back to defending. So I think that your roster and your your team strategy, and Drew Bannister said this a couple of days ago, you've got to be more of a team that generates off the cycle in the Mm -hmm. offensive zone. And if you look at the roster construction of the teams over the last, you know, since 2019. We'll go all the way back to our blue, t- our Blues team because I feel like that roster and that style of play set it in motion for teams to reconstruct and retool their teams to look a lot like that roster because of what they were able to do by wearing down their opponents yep. and having good defense, big defense. Vegas last year, Oak Trees. They had great goaltending, and they had oak trees on defense, and they had a number one guy named Alex Petrangelo. It's not too bad. He'll do, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how they built it. Because you look at their roster up front, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think the top scorer had like 60 points. That's not elite. That's not like McDavid, McKinnon, Kucherov. Like, they didn't. 
They played solid defensive hockey, and then when they got in the offensive zone, they made you try and take it away from them. Cycle the puck, protect the puck, and you wear down your opponent that way. When you're a rush team, there's really not wearing down the opponent. They just have to defend well for one time. And after that, it's a puck battle. And, and they're they trying to outscore you. That's it. Yep. And then, but where it really screws things up is if you're a rush team and you're playing against a puck possession team. So now you're headed up the ice, you're making passes and all this stuff, and you get your one shot on net. And then the other team comes down with puck possession and makes you defend for 40 seconds. Right. So now you've wore yourself out. So again, for me, I think style of play and roster construction. If you're looking to win a championship, is obviously the goaltending, good defense, but then your strategy from an offensive standpoint is to possess the puck in the offensive zone, work the puck off the cycle, and wear down your opponent. So I want to get into this, probably this hour. We're going to revisit this. So now that you've laid it out from a general standpoint, how do the Blues specifically get back to that? So we'll talk about that at some point because I think you laid it out there where ultimately what's the goal? The goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. How, what is the quickest path to winning the Stanley Cup? Because I wonder so much if GMs and, and presidents, they get in the habit of, I got to shore up all my weaknesses. I got to get better in each position. Do you? Or are you losing sight of the fact that y- you need that straight? What's, what is the quickest path between two, you know, two objects? Yeah. It's that straight line. The way I look at it is a lot of times... I don't know, like, I'm not talking about Army, but a lot of times GMs will look at, like, what they need in a second-line center or a right wing or a left defenseman. Instead of, like, for me, I'd rather put together a list of players that I, I like via trade or free agency and see which players fit into the style of play I want my team to play. Mm-hmm. So not just the best available left winger. Because that guy might be a rush player. And who knows, right? Maybe he's not good defensively. And now that counters a couple of things you're looking to do. But maybe it's that second or third tier winger that now, but he plays the right way. He's David Perron-esque. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm going to add him because he fits the style of play that we need to play. So instead of the player, for me, it's more of the player that fits the style of play that you need to accomplish. So that's the way I would kind of look at it. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Somebody said that the Cardinals should absolutely hammer, or people should actually absolutely hammer, if you're betting, with our partners at FanDuel, of course, hammer the Cardinals at 84.5 wins. So over 84.5 wins. Mm-hmm. Are we missing something as we talk about the Redbirds? You don't believe. Uh, we'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to fly down to Florida for a spring training report on 101 ESPN. Presented by ENB Granite, Brooke, Jamie, Curbs, and Bernie Federko's choice for countertops and cabinets. Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter. Kerry's got the day off. He's been feeling under the weather, but he had uh, this day off, and then he's got Monday off, so we won't see Kerry again until Tuesday, but we appreciate everybody tuned in here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So 
Here's the guys at uh, John Boy talking about the Cardinals and a certain wager that they absolutely love. Your 2024 St. Louis Cardinals coming off a fifth-placed finish in the NL Central. One thing about the rotation is these guys are old. All of the five in the rotation, Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Steven Matz are all in their 30s. Steven Matz being the youngest at 30. Two, here's the good news for Cardinals fans. It will be better than last year. I can guarantee you that. You just wonder how how good does it get and can all of these vets hold up and we're talking about four guys with 160 innings pitched or are we, are we looking at the IL come Cinco de Mayo and it's like, oh boy. I think yeah, they're I skilled. I don't think it was a lack of talent. If they got stunned early on the season and just didn't recover. If they were in on Snell or Monty, they go from the Cards will bounce back, right? To like Our World best. Series Cardinals talk. What's the over-under? The over-under is set at 84.5. Over. I'm also over. I'm also over. There you go. Hammer hammer the over on the 84.5. I always find it interesting to listen to people from outside of St. Louis talk about the Cardinals. Because it tends to be, and I'm not talking about the, the people that necessarily cover baseball or they know all the ins and outs of what maybe the Cardinals might be thinking. I'm talking about fans that also do podcasts like like this group and they they're not necessarily paying attention to the Cardinals all the time because you you get this the overall vibe of they're the Cardinals they'll be fine and I wonder if we're too close to it coming off of last year to realize yeah last year I, I often said it throughout the, this it's not an aberration this year was or last year was a building a culmination of moves and missteps along the way that led you to that but listen to those guys talk they're right. They do have skill. The rotation should be better. I like the bullpen much better this year than I did a year ago. So 84 and a half wins, you look at it, and if you're, if you're somebody that bets on FanDuel, would you hammer that thing? Yeah. So here's where I go with it, and I think it's, I think it's natural for a fan base, to your point, we're in it every day with the Cardinals. And for us, it's fresh on the brain last year still. But for people who are outside of St. Louis, it's really not. It's forgotten about. Right. Because that team no longer exists. This is a new team. Yeah. New year, new team, new rotation, new, like. But it's still the Cardinals. But it's still the Cardinals. Yeah. So for us, we're like, well, we saw this last year, and this is what they said, and this. But for outsiders, and I, I don't know which way is right or wrong yet. Mm-hmm. Is it the people who are dialed in on a daily basis or the people that are somewhat removed? I'm I, not even joking. I don't it, know. I'm not even joking. It's the latter. That's worse or better? That's better. Uh, well, because I, I, you don't get inundated with all the information. Yeah, you're not. I think information is great, and if you can if you can read the signal and the noise, you know if you can if you can read the signal and eliminate the noise, you're good. But I think the three of us four when carries here talking about it over and over and oh, over yeah. and over, you can really talk yourself into. We beat the oh, piss this team's out not of it, good for sure. Continue. It's not even moving anymore. We're still beating it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Which then is, it starts moving again. Yeah, I mean, it's pointless for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then obviously it gets better. Absolutely. So, but the Cardinals, with their situation, they've revamped things. Mm-hmm. We feel like it's the same. But outsiders like John Boy and some of the other people we see, MLB, Network and that, they have a t- completely different outlook on it. And it's it's kind of weird to look at that and see such a discrepancy in opinions. And then you think to yourself, you're like, well, they don't know crap. You know, what do they know? They're not here every day. Right. Exactly. And 
last year's rotation is no longer on their brain. Mm-hmm. Last year's bullpen is no longer part of their equation because it doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's again, I don't I don't know what's better, but I do find it interesting when you have differences of opinions with mm-hmm. the same damn roster. They're not they're not biased, Marsh. Like we're biased to not only last year, but mm-hmm. what we have been seeing. It goes back to what I said a couple of minutes ago of this is a culmination. We can kind of see it coming. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Mo didn't do enough. There, see, boom, mm-hmm. they're, they're screwed. But they don't have that same bias because to Jamie's point, they're not they're not tied in as much. You're right, they've moved on. All they know is like, bah, the Cardinals will be fine because they're always fine. Yeah, I just think like fans, we 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 see the the trends of where this team has gone, whereas these guys they see, okay, the Cardinals made the playoffs in 2022 they made it in 2021 they didn't make it last year but yeah that's one year out of who knows how many years that they you know they, they did not make the playoffs they'll be back like it's no no issue whatever I'm looking at it and I'm sure a lot of fans look at it 2021 you needed an incredible run to even make a wild card game right in 2022 you needed Albert Pujols to resurrect your team, which, by the way, real quick, since you brought that up, I don't know why it didn't it didn't come to me yet. But you talk about like that that streak. Schilt is a god to some people. Yeah, they had to have that streak to even make the wild to card even game. make the wild card game. Yet Ali was it, gets no credit. Yeah, gets no credit <laughs> two years ago because that was all Albert. Why we're, we we pick and choose whatever fits our narrative at the time? Go ahead, sorry. But Albert had an incredible run. Like if you look at like Goldschmidt, he's even though he had his MVP season, he started to sort of tail off at the end of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but Albert came in. I feel like his presence alone and him playing well sort of resurrected that team. And then last year, you didn't you didn't have any of that. Like you didn't have anything to rely on. Yeah. So I think there's trends, and when you know you see trends, you start to follow the trends. And I also think. And maybe this has something to do with it, but like the Blues, seeing them be bad last year and then seeing what we're seeing now, maybe that has creeped into people's minds like, ah, man, nothing really changed on that end. What's going to change for the Cardinals? Because they're kind of throwing out the same roster for the most part. Sure. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I'm not saying it does, but fans that are fans of both teams, it's not comforting knowing that this team hasn't done anything to really make themselves that much better. Right. I think, too, the more information you have, the more you have to kind of defend your thoughts, whereas mm-hmm. these guys are just looking at it, and oh, all yeah. they're giving you is, we'll take the over because the Cardinals, typically this is what the Cardinals do. Well, 84 and a half wins isn't that far. Like, it's no. not that far off. It's not not doable for this team. Yeah, we're not talking about 95 not, wins. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about 85 wins to get over exactly. that threshold. You look at that number based on based on the Cardinals' track record, mm-hmm. whether you like Mo or not, based on the track record of the last 10 years, 85 wins should be a layup. But that still might not be good enough. No. Oh, it's not. Right. It's, it might not be good enough to win the division. Certainly not be. Certainly won't be good enough unless they have an Arizona Diamondbacks-esque run in the right. postseason to, to make a difference in the postseason. But the, the anytime anybody brings up the Diamondbacks, and we see it a lot, we see it when it comes to, oh, just get in. Well, what about the Diamondbacks? Do you have Zach Allen? Do you have that rookie that was filthy mm-hmm. last yeah, year? Brandon Do you have some, yeah, Brandon Fopp. Do you have those guys? No? Okay, thank mm-hmm. you. Moving on now. We that, don't know. Even Merrill Kelly. Do you even have a Merrill Kelly? You don't have a Merrill Kelly. No. You do not. 
But maybe someday, Marsh. Maybe. We're crossing our fingers on this. <laughs> All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. You guys want to do five? Let's do four downs. Let's do NFL four mm. downs next. I was going to get into some free agent quarterbacks. Ex- right. Yeah. Four NFL four downs, including kind of some uh, interesting stuff coming out about McCole Hardman. Oh, doing some things with the Super Jets. Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Doing some things with the Jets that maybe he shouldn't have. That's mm. next. I want to win you man. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. There's some buzz on Twitter that Jordan Montgomery could be signing with the Cubs, but that's all it is right now is buzz. We'll monitor it if you're wondering, hey, what's going on? I just going to talk about this. We're monitoring the situation. We'll see if Jordan Montgomery winds up signing today, and if it's going to be the Cubs, trust us, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it and how ticked off you are <laughs> that not only Jordan Montgomery was yeah, resigned, I mean, but also going to a different team. John Heyman the Cubs, has, in fact. John Heyman said that he could see the Cubs as a possibility for Montgomery. Okay. All right. So right now it's just some scuttlebutt. Some scuttlebutt. But it got the hairs on my on the back of my neck up a little mm, bit, Anthony. So right now it's uh it's smoke. We'll let you know if it turns into fire. Yeah. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalters, Andrew Marshall, NFL four downs. First down. All right, you teased it, but here is our first down. Jets beat writer Connor Hughes reports there is Validated belief from the Jets that McCole Hardman leaked game plans to the Eagles and Chiefs. If this speculation turns into truth, how much trouble should McCole Hardman be in moving forward? No wonder he went to the Chiefs. (laughs) They're like, this guy's great. We'll get, thank you. Well, we'll have him back because they drafted him. So. I don't know how you guys feel. If 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 it's me and I'm the NFL, this is worse than Jamison Williams and some of the Calvin Ridley, some of these other guys. Calvin Ridley made it a little different because he actually bet on the team he was on, but, which is dumb because it was the Falcons. But like Jamison Williams betting on college football and being suspended for that, yeah. it's to me this is worse. And and I'm not just saying it's because it's a betting thing. What I'm saying is if you're leaking game plans to your opponent, that is way worse than being on team property and wagering on Alabama to cover the spread against LSU, which has nothing to do with the NFL. This has everything to do with leaking out 
what your opponent might be doing on a Saturday that or Sunday, excuse me. That that to me is horrible, and you should be suspended for so, a, for a year. So I disagree. Actually, I disagree 100 percent with you. What? Yeah, I do. I don't think this is say what. This is not a situation where the NFL needs to poke its nose in. The player himself, his own career death penalty, is people finding out about this. This is a player thing. This is where the player, like, nobody signs him again. Like, we're done with this guy. And, he like, just won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. I understand that, but... Caught the game-winning touchdown. The NFL, what are they going to say? Oh, you can't... You're not allowed to share your game plan? Like, what? He can do whatever the hell he wants. Is it in bad faith? Yes. Is it a poor teammate? Yes. Is he an absolute a-hole? Yes. But it's nothing... That, like, you're looking at it from the betting side of it. I understand. Mm-hmm. That could affect the betting. No, no, no. I, I'm comparing what the NFL does punish compared to okay. what, what I think they well, should th- do. That never made sense, by the way. What the NFL true. does punish and what they don't punish, mm-hmm. that never actually makes any sense at Very all. Very true. But I look at this as the player has signed his own death sentence. Like, if I'm a general manager and I'm hearing about this, well, I'm calling the Jets first and foremost, and I'm asking them, like, what proof do you have? Mm-hmm. Like, is it a train or a ball boy that said, I heard him on the phone over here. Right. Like, is it that? Well, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. But if you have some actual proof mm-hmm. of emails or text messages or stuff like that, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. And if that is true, he's out. I don't want that player. One, he's not good enough to even waste my time. Yeah. I it's, caught the game-winning catch in yeah. the Super Bowl. That, exactly. That's because nobody covered him because he's not good enough to worry about. <laughs> Both are true. Yeah. Uh, but... The, the player, for me, has signed his own exit papers. If it's true, nobody should sign this guy. And that's not collusion. That's like, I don't want a bad player, a right. bad teammate. I see what you, I do see what you're saying. I still think there should be a punishment. I just don't see it, though, like that. It'd be like it, like the NFL sticking its nose in for what? Because you, the last thing you want is for people to think that things aren't on the up and up. Yeah, then don't sign that player. Well, hopefully, they, hopefully nobody does then. If it is true, and, and is, I think I there should, be, I think I do think there should be an investigation. Now, is think this... about what they did to Tom Brady for funneling his balls, his footballs. Yeah, but he had softer balls. It was easy for him to handle them. And the NFL did what? They punished yeah, but, him. But that was a, a that was an in-game advantage that they deemed for the player. Like this it, guy's handing over yeah. game secrets to the opponent. Know, but the the opponent can either use them or not, and the opponent can either determine are they true or are they lies. Yeah. Now, he did yeah. this while he was with the Jets, right? Not Correct. when he was with the Chiefs and then came back over and was like, hey, I, totally I know some his stuff. Ways. Right. The funny yeah, because that happens all the time. Right. Like, I remember the very first thing when I got traded to places and you play a, a rival team, mm-hmm. they'd be like, all right, so walk us through. Like, this is what we're seeing. You know, oh, and, sure. And yeah, you're like, different. okay, well, here's yeah. what they do on the power play and what they did do because you never know. Things that's, change. That's way different. You you were released or yeah. you're mm-hmm. traded and now you're on a new team. You're trying to help your new team. This is different. You're you're wearing the you're wearing the uh, the midnight green there or mm-hmm. whatever the Jets. I guess the Eagles are midnight green. But well, the hand, Jets beat that. Uh, just green. Aren't they almost the same? They're gang green. What? Gang green. Is that, I don't know yeah, if that's a good right. thing. They're more like Irish green. The funny thing is they beat the Eagles, too. That was one of the teams mentioned. They beat the Eagles. Yeah, because he probably year. gave them the wrong game plan. <laughs> they screwed up. It's like, oh, man, I'm <laughs> sorry. what they're doing. That was for week eight, yeah. not week nine. That's uh, my bad. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead, Mark. Mm-mm-mm. Second down. NFL Network's James Palmer believes the Falcons are a dark horse to sign Baker Mayfield. Better landing spot for Shaky Bakey, Tampa Bay, or Atlanta? Uh, I think wherever he... Where, Kirk Cousins, to me, is going to dictate the market. 
with those teams. If I'm Tampa Bay, I'm all in on Kirk Cousins. Because you you he's an upgrade from Baker Mayfield. And you saw what Baker Mayfield could do last year. Hmm. Now the, the the Bucks have lost quite a few guys via free agency. Uh, Mike Evans being the number one guy, although he's not gone yet. He's just not under contract. Right. He could go back to Tampa, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think Kirk Cousins will determine because there's rumors of Cousins to the Falcons, mm-hmm. rumors of Cousins to the Buccaneers. And those are two teams that you just mentioned, like maybe for Baker Mayfield. I don't see the Falcons getting into the Baker Mayfield sweepstakes. I think they've had enough Baker Mayfields in their day. Right. I think they'd like to either go with a really young, talented guy or uh, a guy that you know exactly what you're getting. Like a Kirk Cousins would be a great fit because you just know yeah. what you're getting with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a good guy, good leader. Like, I, I really learned a lot about this guy in that Netflix special mm-hmm. because I used to think this guy's just painful. He's a dork, right? But if mm-hmm. I know he's a lovable dork, like his teammates like him and yeah. he, he's very well prepared. He works extremely hard. He's dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Shaky Bakey landing in either Atlanta or Tampa, wherever Kirk Cousins doesn't go. I get the connection. People are connecting the dots here with Baker because Baker spent a little time with the Rams, and now, of course, the Falcons have two two guys, two prominent guys from the Rams. They have Raheem Morris, who's the head coach, who was the D.C. with the Rams when Baker was there, and their new offense coordinator, Zach Robinson, was an assistant with the Rams. So it's like, hey, the Rams loved Baker Mayfield. So this makes a lot of sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. If Atlanta does this and then they bypass taking a young quarterback, they get what they deserve with this because – they won seven games last year. Maybe Baker makes a difference between two games, two games for you. So let's say you win nine. You get in the playoffs, you lose the first round. And then what? Yeah. This makes no sense to me. Atlanta has got to either – and I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan, but I'd rather see Justin Fields on a third round, you know, swap Chicago with a third round pick. Here you go. And take a roll, roll the dice with Justin Fields. Then go with Baker Mayfield, who is going to be overpriced based on what he did last year. Yeah, that's that's puzzling to me too. It's you're either making rookie contract or forty five million dollars plus as quarterback. What happened to the middle tier? There is no middle tier. It's stupid. Yeah, the middle tier is high. That's what I'm saying. Like, what happened? Like the fifteen million dollar quarterback? Just because he's good, he's better than the rookie deal. He's not a superstar, but he's good. Yeah, that's what Baker probably should be making, but but he won a playoff game. He did win a playoff game. Yeah. Yes, he did. A lot of quarterbacks can't say that, though. No, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Mm. Baker, to me, makes no sense in Atlanta. They, they, you would you would be doing like a St. Louis Cardinals thing where you're like, I know what I'm getting. It's going to be good enough. Mm. <laughs> and if we get and in. it's safe. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to break the bank. Yeah, then they give up two home runs in their first spring, spring training outing. Third down. ESPN's Jeff Darlington believes Kirk Cousins could explore his options in free agency. We just sort of touched on it, but if he doesn't return to Minnesota, what team could old Kirky help the most? If they have the cap space and I have to look at the situation, I think Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense for Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. You know? You got a really good defense. Yeah. You've got some weapons. Mm -hmm. I think Pittsburgh, to me, makes sense. You've got – you're not Atlanta where you got a young roster – and now he's 36 and he's stepping into it. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh has, you know, we're trending a little, maybe in the prime to you're getting up there a little bit with that roster. Kirk Cousins makes more sense to me there than he does in Atlanta. Yeah. Like he would vastly upgrade the situation no matter where he's going. 
But if he doesn't go back to Minnesota, which I think ultimately he will, I don't. I don't think Pittsburgh he will. Makes sense. He wants a lot of money. I don't think that the Vikings can pay him. You think he? Um, you think the Giants would kick the tires on that? Because they have nothing. Yeah, but they. they they, they've got from, money committed from, to Danny From a football Dye. standpoint, yes. From a cap standpoint, no. What about, um, I just had it here. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay makes some sense. I, it makes sense. That's another roster that's older. He makes sense on an older roster than a younger roster. Because you're probably going to get three years. You know, sign him to a three-year deal. You got what a three-year window now. Oh, you got Derek. Derek Carr. Or, uh, yeah, Derek Carr. Yeah. I do believe, though. That's it. Uh, I was gonna I, say, I'm like, no, it's Dave. That's his brother. It's Derek. <laughs> Regardless Derek, of the money, Derek. I think I think Derek. the best fit for Kirk Cousins is to just stay in Minnesota. Yeah. So I do too. I get, I like, I get it. Like, get your money. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, go to Pittsburgh, you and see then his I think house. He's doing fine. Yeah, he's doing fine. What I, I actually read, and I'm I'm not just poking the bear. I read a a mock draft that had. I know. Don't even say it. I already know where this is going. That had. Minnesota <sighs> Minnesota loses Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh Atlanta God. acquires Justin Fields, meaning that at number eight, they're they can move back. If they want to. They don't they don't need a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. Minnesota and Atlanta swap picks. Atlanta gets a couple of other picks, and Minnesota takes the one and only national champion, JJ McCarthy. Uh, at number eight. That's what this mock is. No! Hey. Harbaugh said that JJ McCarthy's the best college football quarterback. In ever. And ever he actually best I think he Michi- said best, that. Uh, best he's in Michigan, Michigan history. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about Tom Brady or no. some of those other guys. They had their studs. <laughs> yeah. Did you see JJ McCarthy? He's like, hey, I'm just look. Won a national champion. Look what I did at Michigan. He's that's what he's kind of going with when he when he's going into these meetings. There's nothing else to say. If I'm a if I'm, if I'm a team, I'm like, that was a team victory, right? That was no, a team the quarterback. Thing? Andy said earlier, his most important position. We have no running backs to give the ball to. <laughs> you just got Alexander you'll be, Madison. You'll be able to get Derrick Henry with the money you save with a there rookie you contract. You get Der- you J.J. McCarthy and Derrick Henry. I mean, you're making me feel a little bit better. <laughs> you're making me feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah Justin Jefferson. Brian Flores is still there with the Derrick defense. Derrick Henry's going to have to want to go to good old Minnesota. If they were to draft this guy, be tough for me. But... They would have to go out and get a. They they have to go out and get another quarterback. Marsh, I just feel like you and I are connected at the hip with some of these moves. I feel like JJ McCarthy will go to either Minnesota or Atlanta. I just feel it. I feel in my bones. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> like it's gonna happen. <laughs> absolutely, and I absolutely hate it for both of us. I don't want him. Which means he's absolutely going to. He'll go yes. to Minnesota. We need the Bears to take him number one. Oh, based on God. the success he had at Michigan. Oh, my goodness. That would be funny. That would be a Bears thing to do. Yeah, it certainly would. All right, just real quick. We'll answer this next one real quick. Fourth down. Well, speaking of the Bears, is it almost a foregone conclusion that the Chicago Bears will trade Justin Fields and select a quarterback with the number one overall pick? Yes, I do. I think they're trading him. I think they're going to trade him within the week. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to start over, whether they take Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels or... (laughs) Drake May, they're they're done. I think with Justin Fields, I think they're going to start start the clock over at quarterback. They'll they'll flip Justin Fields for a second or third rounder and move on. All right, speaking of moving on, what's trending is next. Don't want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew March, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, Fanatics has spoken. Ooh, what do we got? Spicy. CEO Michael Rubin is calling foul on the criticism. He was speaking at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference today. And this is what he had to say. He said they were in a difficult position because they feel like they've done everything they were told to do. In quote, a difficult position for us. We're doing everything as we've been told and we're getting the blank kicked out of us. So that's not fun. That is uh, via or via Michael Silverman of the Boston Globe. Went on to say, the biggest thing I probably learned is if we're involved in something, we need to make sure that everybody better be on board. They got certain players on board, not all players on board. A lot of people are calling them out, saying that what this statement is is a, is a joke and they're not taking accountability. What do you guys think? I, I couldn't agree more. As you were saying it, they're talking about it, like he's saying nothing. He's he might as well be a politician. Yeah. He is saying a lot about nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is not fair. We are doing what we're asked to do. But what could you please talk about how bad they look? Yeah. Put put together horrible uniforms. Is that what you're asked to do? Is that what you're asked to do? Paper yeah. thin, horrible uniforms. Small ass Can you letters. Sh- show me your checklist, please. Yeah. He he answered nothing. He just he was the guy. Get off my lawn guy, shaking his fist at ghosts. Yeah, this is unfair. Yeah. You're the CEO, man. Yeah. Take some accountability. Say, hey, look, just like any other venture that any company has when they have a new relationship, there are going to be some obstacles. We thought we had a good plan in place. This is our first year. Obviously, there's some things that need to be corrected. We're on it. Mm -hmm. We're a reputable company. We'll make it right. We want the players to love wearing our uniform. We want you people to love purchasing it. Everybody wants to be proud of what they're wearing. Right. We want to be proud of you people wearing the Fanatics jersey. <laughs> perfect response. You know? Yeah, it's perfect. So give us a chance. We'll make it right. Go Fanatics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go Broncos. That's exactly what I'd say, though. You, 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 Jamie, that's perfect. I I, I have no uh, stake in Fanatics. I... I wasn't planning on buying a jersey from them anytime soon, but you saying that, I'm like, I feel pretty good now. I feel better about the situation. Not this guy who's basically saying, hey, uh, Major League Baseball approved it, so what do you want from us? I had my guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your your product is 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 on professional athletes who don't like it and who look like crap. Yeah. And, and this is your response. And that's your biggest marketing tool. By right. The way. Here, right. wake up wake up call. It's not the mannequin that you call George in your store, okay? <laughs> it's not. And that guy there does nobody cares what the mannequin is wearing. Mm-hmm. They care that Shohei Otani has that Dodgers blue on with great lettering, great stitching. You're like, man, I can't wait to get my hands on that. That's your walking commercial as he goes out to home plate. That's why you paid all that money. That's right. And now you've got guys walking out there. They're pulling it out of their butt crack and they're see-through pants. See-through pants. 
Guy's name is wrapped around his entire oh, back. Such a or, bad t- or tiny. Like the the, the so lettering. Small. The lettering is the tiny. The font is terrible. It's terrible. The lettering is tiny. They right. did it wrong. So again, your biggest marketing tool, the players, get it right. Yeah. This is just like this brings me back to the St. Louis Blues mid nineties when they went to the clown jerseys. Mm-hmm. Players didn't like them. Not one player to the media, to fans, to anybody, said, I can't wait to wear that. Nobody. So what happens is fast forward a number of four years, three, four years later, Jim Woodcock, thank you very much again for what you did. He comes out with a new version, which almost looks identical to what they have now. And players couldn't wait to put it on. Brad Hull walking around with it on, doing a photo shoot, talking about how amazing it is. The papers taking pictures and writing articles about a jersey. Why? Because it matters. Yeah. Matters to the players. Mm-hmm. But no. I don't know what you want from us. It's a great <laughs> response. We did our <laughs> job. The crap jerseys are staying. You're welcome, America. <laughs> it's, like, it's your fault. And you're talking about do- like the, do- the Dodger blue. Dodger blue-ish. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the colors don't even Dodger, match. Dodger's aqua blue. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't match. Uh-huh. Uh, no hockey tonight for the Blues. They take on the Wild tomorrow. However, tonight we have the Wickenheiser Cup. Ledoux taking on Clayton. That starts at 5.30 at the Centene Community Ice Center. Nice. And then the Challenge Cup, DeSmet going up against Marquette at 8.30, also at the Centene Community Ice Center. Ooh, that's Should a be, big one for Marquette. Yeah, absolutely. I always like seeing the public schools in the Challenge Cup, just because usually you get the the private school matchups. Last year it was SLU and DeSmet. I actually believe that they went up against each other two years in a row, but DeSmet going for uh, back-to-back this year, taking on Marquette. Um, I'm a Lafayette guy, so yeah. I don't know if I'll be rooting for Marquette. But that's I mean, a tough that's one. Fun. Yeah, that's a rival. But I do think it's it's really cool. I remember when I was in high school, I believe it was Francis Howell. Uh, Central. Was it Central? Yeah, yep. that was a good team. That was another public it. school, and they defeated CBC, if I'm not mistaken. Look at you. I know my stuff. That was a great, that was a great uh, game to watch. Uh, so well, it was I'll, a big deal, for sure, because it, to Marshy's point, Anthony, it's like the public schools, for whatever reason, they don't all get all the AAA players. Mm-hmm. But the CBCs, the Slews, Viani's, DeSmet, they get a lot of the AAA hockey players. Mm-hmm. So they're able to go in and just clean house a lot of times because they have the best players. And they have some good coaches and good programs. I'm not just, yeah, yeah, I'm not, right. but it's this is thing. why the players go there, because it's a good program. Sure. And I actually was fortunate enough for mm-hmm. many years to do the broadcast mm-hmm. when Fox Sports Midwest used to carry the WIC Cup and Challenge Cup. Uh, that was actually cut cut my teeth doing in-game uh, color analysts for those championship games. That's cool. And uh, I remember a lot. It's so much fun. It's actually really surprising that you know you don't have a CBC or a SLU in mm-hmm. the final this year. And SLU, let me tell you, well, CBC as well, they travel, man. Mm-hmm. Those fans, they pack the place. It's always just littered. And Dismet also, they have a huge fan base as well. So it's going to be fun to see what plays out here. These nice. kids love it. And that Centene, I actually like Centene as a better venue for it. Yeah. It used to be Enterprise. And, you know, it would be three, 4000 for the WIC Cup. Mm-hmm. But then it would be, you know, 12000 or so for... But only if it was CBC or SLU, just because of so many people. Mm-hmm. Now that it's at Centene, you're getting 2,500 plus standing room, like jam packed. Right. It's like playing hockey in, in the, like the Thunderdome. Yeah. 
So it's, it's cool. In, it's intimate. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool for these kids. And you can, uh, if you can't go to the game, you can watch it on PrepCast as well. You can go to midstateshockey.us slash home, and uh, they have the, the links to the games tonight. So if you want to check that out as well, you can. And a little uh, a, a good luck to uh, my buddy Gary Talkman. He's the head coach over there at Marquette. He's been doing it for years. He's mm-hmm. been involved in Chesterfield hockey for years. Uh, he's a good dude. He's been doing it a long time, and I know that he really cares about the players. So this would be a huge deal for Marquette. So good luck, Talk. There you go. All right, that's what's trending here in the Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. We let up the show today talking about, forget forget the, the players that could be traded. How do you build a successful cup-winning team in the NHL? And Jamie broke down aspects of that. Well, how does that relate now to the Blues? Because we want more generic and general for, for hockey early on. How do the Blues get back to a roster like Jamie described in the opening segment? We'll get in that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter's the fast lane. Jamie, we we talked at, in the opening segment about this kind of the, the tenets of of building a successful hockey team, and, and not a successful one that's that's just going to make the playoffs, but one that's going to win the cup. And the more we love to focus in on on some of the 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 high scoring teams or the players that are going to rack up all these goals or you start talking about Jordan Cairo and what his worth about the further away we get from actually talking about what's going to win you a cup what won the 2019 Blues team a cup what won the gold the uh, Vegas Golden Knights last year that that cup talking about defense talking about blue liners talking about your goaltending so you laid it out there in the opening segment and you can feel free to, you know, to summarize again some of the things you talked about but this time around I want to talk about the Blues and how they get back to that. Because you started to talk about, I would look at the players at the trade deadline, the players in the offseason that fit what I want to do. Yeah. Well, you're building the Blues now. Or let's just say team. No, I want to do the Blues. You're, build, do, wait, you're do building the Blues. Do I have permission from Doug Armstrong? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't want to be doing For the do next it. 10 minutes. I don't even try to do Army's job. That's right. all I need. Yes. Army get all mad at me and... I'm asking. Or just giggle nonstop at what I'm saying. Right. Either way, it affects me. I I actually called Army before <laughs> well, we did. came on, and I said, "Hey, I, I want to do this. To hear from you? I want to do this exercise. Are you cool How'd you with get it?" Through? And did he you say, said, hey, "Absolutely." He said, "Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Go ahead and do it." I don't think I was actually talking to the Doug Armstrong. I was just talking to somebody uh, named Doug. Yeah. Either way, it happens. You're you've got this Blues roster. And you want to build a cup team uh-huh. in the manner that you described earlier in the show. How do you do it? Well, again, so for me, it's it's not it's not just about acquiring the best player. It's about acquiring the best player for the system that I want to play. Because if you just acquire a bunch of players and they all play differently, and then you hope that you can mold them to play a certain way, it may not work. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, then you're really screwed. 
because now you have a bunch of guys that you've acquired either via trade or free agency, and and now they've got term. Some might have a no trade. Like, who knows what you've done to acquire these players? And if they don't fit exactly the way you want to play, then your team is just going to be exactly the way it is right now, hovering around 500, and you won't be a contender. So for me, I look at the style of play that has been successful for most teams winning the Stanley Cup, and we'll go back, we'll start in 2019. Because I really do believe that the Blues kind of created the blueprint for the next couple of years moving forward. And before that, if you go back, it took a hiatus for a while. Pittsburgh won some cups with a bunch of skill and things like that. But you go back to the L.A. Kings when they won their cups. They were also built like the 2019 Blues, the 2023 Vegas Golden Knights. Big, solid defense, good goaltending, and they'd cycle the crap out of the puck until you couldn't move anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm going with it. And this doesn't mean that Robert Thomas can't play his game. First of all, Robert Thomas is proving to everybody right now that he can play any kind of game that you want. Pick your poison. He kills penalties, power play, plays against the other team's top line, he has really emerged as an elite player in the in the NHL. So if you have Robert Thomas and you're creating a cycle-based team or offensive zone possession team, he'll be fine. Yeah. Look at the way he handles the puck. Look at the way he skates. Look at his vision. I'm not worried about it. And you're not going to deny those guys opportunities off the rush. You're just going to tell them that if you have a high percentage play off the rush, go for it. We make it. Yeah. If it's a 50 to lesser percentage, hang on to it. Wait for the defenseman to come in. Cycle it down low. Work it. Work it. Take it to the middle of the ice. Like, this is what I'm talking about. So to get back to building your roster, I need to find like-minded players like that that enjoy being in the trenches. That That's for me. You have to enjoy it. When you look at Pat Maroon, he loves being in the trenches. David Perron loved being in the trenches. Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen. Alex Steen, Oscar Sundquist, Ivan Barbashev. You see what I'm saying? Common theme right, here. Right. Vegas Golden Knights. Ivan Barbashev. That's not a mistake, by the way. Ivan Barbashev went to the Vegas Golden Knights for a very specific reason, because they knew what he could bring to that team, and he fit their style of play. Mark Stone, scumbag, well-known, but good player. In the trenches. Jack Eichel changed his game. Now he plays a very good, like, cycle game puck possession Stevenson same thing you go down the lineup for the Vegas Golden Knights and they can all play that game and then again you have the oak trees on defense Mm -hmm. and solid goaltending so for me if I'm building this team out from here to next year to year after it's probably a three-year plan maybe four depending on the development of my uh snuggeroods of my Dvorsky's Bull Duke like, what do we really have? Zach Dean, what do we have there? But again, like I, Dalibor Dvorsky watching his game, he fits the mold. He can play that game. He can score some goals and whatnot, but in the offensive zone, he's a terror right now. Now he's playing junior hockey, but all things being considered, when he moves up to the NHL, he will also be bigger, faster, and stronger every year as yeah. he goes through it. Jimmy Snuggerud, a little bit more off the rush, uh, but again, a very smart hockey player. So for me, the Blues have to start building the team that can win. Mm -hmm. Because you don't necessarily have to spend cap money either, like to the cap, for players that fit the style of play. You're going to spend a lot, and the Blues are hopefully going to be a cap-ish team. 
But you don't have to get a $10 million player. You don't have to get a $9 million player. You can get a $4 million player. And he checks the box that you need, and your team actually gets better. And that's the key to it, is finding a way to make your team better by sprinkling in a couple of stars, which I think you already have it in Robert Thomas. I think you have it in Colton Pareko. I think you have it in Jordan Bennington. And moving forward, we'll see what else emerges. Yeah. But then fill in the voids with people who are not cost control, but you, you it's a number you can stomach, but they actually elevate your style of play. And that, to me, is going to be the number one thing that Doug Armstrong has to do from now through the offseason is identify the right players to play the system you want to play. And that will also trickle back to who his head coach is going to be. Is he going to stick with Drew Bannister? I mean, Drew Bannister's done a pretty good job. You know, who knows? Or is he going to go with somebody new? And whoever that is, they're going to have a very specific style of play they want, and you better make sure the players match the coach. Mm-hmm. So Army has a lot to do. He has a lot to think about here from now until, you know, uh, training camp next year. Yeah, and it's not just... Do you do, you know? Do you trade Pavel Buchnevich or do you trade this player or that player? And, and if you do, it, it has to be a big picture. But if you do it, you better know what you're looking to acquire. Right. So here's the way it is when you break it down: trading Booch to Team X, Y, or Z. I'd love to get a roster player back, some kind of a cost control roster player back, middle six forward. Doesn't have to be a top forward. You know, I've got enough fourth liners. I don't need another one of those. But a middle six forward that can be developed. I, I want one of those back, and I want a draft pick of some kind. Maybe another draft pick, depending on how starving the team is for, for a guy like Pavel Buchnevich. But then you have to think ahead. So do I actually want these draft picks? Or am I going to use these draft picks now to flip them and go get existing players again? And that's where you really have to map out who you want, what's available, style of play, and then what you can acquire in order to make some of those trades possible. Because what you currently have may not be enough. It may not to go get the players that you want, but draft picks, draft picks are always gold for teams that are not nearly at the point of contending, but they've got some players that they'd like to get rid of. They keep trying to get younger, younger, draft picks, draft picks. They're trying to do the whole rebuild thing. That's why getting a draft pick in a trade and then using said draft pick to acquire another player can be a massive advantage. All things being equal, though, if you're trading Buchnevich, you said a top, top six forward cost control that's got some upside a middle six middle six excuse yeah. me what if it were a top six defenseman well that for sure you do it okay absolutely over, over the four uh yeah i mean look i if kind of we're coming full circle here. if pavel buchnevich were to go to the vegas golden knights because they're really people are hammering it because mark stone's on the ltir yeah. and they've got this cap space and all this stuff i would target Braden mcnab as one of the players to come donovan's back. brother uh, no, they might be good friends, but not brothers. Okay. Um, but Braden McNabb is not flashy. He's not even really big, not even a fast skater. He's just, he's solid defensively. He's a mammoth. He's tough in front of the net, and he can drop the gloves with anybody in the NHL if need be. And you're going to say, Braden McNabb, that's not flashy. No, but I'm not, he's not the only piece. But I'm talking about getting back a player that can help your roster, you're going to get a draft pick then. Mm-hmm. If you ask for Braden McNabb, you'll get a higher draft pick. Yeah. If you ask for uh, Martinez on defense, you're probably not going to get a draft pick. And you're probably not going to get probably Martinez. Get that. Yeah, you're right. Because Vegas has other pieces for their bottom two mm-hmm. on their defense core. They don't have other pieces for their top four. So you target a bottom a bottom pair. Give me one of those guys. Give me that guy. He's and a first moose. rounder. 
maybe you won't get that, but maybe a second rounder. Right. But now you've started to build, like, because Marco Scandella, probably not going to be a blue next year, but now you've got Braden McNabb. And Braden McNabb, not only has he checked that spot from a roster standpoint, checks the boxes of, like, big, tough, good in front of the net, good first pass. Like, yeah. great, perfect. Stanley Cup champion, too. I gotcha. Smell what you're cooking over there. Yeah, you should. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Lisa left the station. It wasn't just our show. The station, a mic drop. About Jordan Montgomery and why he might not want to play here with the Cardinals. And we're going to play it and then discuss whether or not, well, is she wrong? We'll discuss that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So our, uh, our girl Lisa left us, uh, left the station, because I don't even think it was, it was during she our left, show. She was here? Oh, no, no. I mean, she left the mic drop for the oh. station. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery, whether or not he, he if, if he doesn't want to pitch here, and there's some rumors circulating the, the old interwebs Oof. that he could be going to the Cubs, Lisa talked about we shouldn't be surprised by why we shouldn't be surprised if Jordan Montgomery doesn't want to pitch here. Here's what she had to say. Hey guys, so if you're a high paid athlete, talented professional athlete, and you played for that crap show that was there last year, Contreras going under the bus, a manager that doesn't stop it, you've got Flaherty and whoever else on that bandwagon, terrible baseball, 91 losses, uh, ownership and general manager that said, screw everybody, we're not even gonna have an end of the year press conference. I mean, the arrogance, if you're Jordan Montgomery, you don't have to choose that. So it's just unreal how they've said, well, we're a training ground now for managers and pitching coaches, the St. Louis Cardinals. God almighty. And now we're going to be surprised he doesn't want to play here. All right, everybody have a great weekend. <laughs> I always love Lisa. She always rounds it out with, hey, everybody have, everybody have a good day. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, finishes and it means up it. with the, the positive. So it's like the... It really kind of is the crap sandwich. Yeah. It now, here's is. your crap sandwich, but enjoy the bread. Right. <laughs> and she means it, though. She means it to, to really enjoy the bread. I know. Yeah. What do you. So I want to really focus in on the organiza- organization kind of being full of arrogance now. Do you, do you believe that? Like with the Cardinals? Oh, I think there's a level there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anthony. And I don't even know if the team intends to be arrogant. I don't know why, but that was a perfect response that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, like, I do. I thought you were kidding at first. <laughs> no, when no. You, when your president of baseball operations talks down to the entire world, <laughs> he does. Like, it, Here's the thing about John Mozeliak. I, I don't even have a beef with John Mozeliak. But when he speaks, and I know he's not doing, I don't think, He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. It sounds like he's talking down to everybody. Like, people are dumb. The media is dumb. The fans don't get it. Yeah. The players, bah, whatever. Like, it's very condescending. And his tone and his, uh, well, you know, um, mm-hmm. net, net. Like, it's like, what? How about you just tell me, like, what does it even mean? Speak English. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just give me English. Give me, like, barroom English. 
Well, that's cute. Yeah, exactly. That's what he would say. I mean, no, it's not cute. I'm angry. So, yes, it's a long answer to your question. Fair. All right. How about you, Anthony? How do you feel about it? We know how Anthony feels. Oh, I want to hear him, though. He's got a voice, Andrew. Let him talk. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I've been, I, I have said this now for a while. I feel as though that this organization, led by Mo, from a roster standpoint, has been so risk-averse that it has become predictable and boring and frustrating. Whatever decision comes their way, they are going to make the safe call. Sonny Gray is a really good signing. Sonny Gray is the safe call. Sonny Gray at three years at $75 million or whatever he got is the safe call. That's the one that they're going to make. Adding Sonny Gray and another starter, whether that is trading for Tyler Glass now or Dylan Cease or and I don't care really what you think about those pitchers okay that's not what the conversation is at least right now instead of kind of doubling down and saying yeah I blanked up on this pitching staff watch this though Sonny Gray and faced with that decision that's not what Mo's gonna do instead he's gonna go the safe route Lance Lynn wants to be here. Kyle Gibson wants to be here. Wife's from here. All right. They to spend a lot of time here in St. Louis. Wants to be here. I always, I always, I always kind of like Kyle Gibson. No, we'll bring him. We'll bring him in for a one-year deal. Whatever yeah. the safe choice to be made is, he'll make it. Even if you go to some of his outstanding moves, I don't think he gets enough credit for Goldie. I don't think he gets enough credit for yeah, Arenado. But, Anthony, but that were, was safe, they too. They were totally safe. Exactly. They were fleecings. Correct. Nothing is safer than a fleecing. It wasn't Juan Soto, because Juan Soto would have made your, your you-know-what pucker. Hmm. To trade for Soto, you would have been thrown up in your in your trash can in the office after you made it. Yeah, hoping both from that excitement, it and, Yeah, both from excitement and mm-hmm. because you're, you're petrified. Hanging up with Colorado's GM, who was drunk as a skunk, when you flip them, you know, flip them Austin Gomber and who else for Nolan Arnott, <laughs> you're not puking on that. No. Then, even that was the safe trip. Goldie, you knew Goldie was probably going to re up because he doesn't want to be in New York and one. Philly and whoever. He wants, to, he, he wants to play baseball and be left the hell alone. Hello, St. Louis. The only one that wasn't really safe ish was Ozuna. It, it was Contreras, too. Because now, hear me out. Eighty-seven and a half million dollars for yeah. for a DH, basically, because mm-hmm. that's what he was, you know, portrayed as a catcher slash DH, I guess slash I, outfield. They thought he was going to be a catcher. Yeah. But, Go ahead. I, I got a counter to this. Go ahead. But it's, th- that to me, for the Cardinals, they felt like that was like really putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you didn't have a catcher. And you couldn't trade for one because you didn't like the puke point on getting, what's his name, from the A's? Bingo. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Yes. And so now you were like, I can stomach $87.5 million on the best free agent catcher out there. And he wanted to be here. And he wanted to be here. And he sold you on that when you sat down with him and you had some dinner. And he goes, I love Yachty. I envisioned myself in the Cardinals uniform. and That was easy. You're right. Because Sean Murphy would have been that puke point. It would have been, 
I don't know if I want to give up some of these prospects to get the better overall catcher. So you went that route of, I will spend all of my free agent budget for one guy, and that one guy wants to be the heir to, to Yachty, and he's talking a good game. And That was even safe. That was predictable when, when you look back. Mm-hmm. right? I am using hindsight on this, but that was even safe. So do I think the Cardinals are, are arrogant? Yeah, and you know what? They won a lot, so I think to some, some degree that there is some arrogance there that, that just comes with it. But I think ultimately... Me personally, when I'm looking at this team and having covered the team for, you know, going on 12 years now, I view this team the same every year. What is the predictable thing? That's the route they're likely to go. Sonny Gray was the most predictable layup. They weren't going to do Nola. They weren't going to do Snell. They weren't going to no. get Yamamoto. They Sonny Gray was was a cardinal before before the season but ended. I, but I still don't hate that. I don't hate it either. Hate, I'm just it, saying it's predictable. Certain, but there are certain brackets you just don't fall into when you're an organization. Fair. And you don't necessarily have to be Yamamoto, Otani, or Snell. Or True. Montgomery. Like, you don't have to be. My problem is the follow-up to it. My problem right. is, and I, I just, I wish Mo would not have said or harped on, well, they wanted to be Cardinals. I wish he wouldn't have used that as his slogan. Mm-hmm. I wish he would have said, these are guys the Cardinals wanted. We wanted guys like this, and it just so happens they wanted to be here as well. That goes into your arrogance point. That, I think, was the arrogant mm-hmm. thing. Where he's talking to the fan base, I think Mo. I, I wonder if Mo really has a, a real a, a pulse for, the, for, for how ticked off the fans are. No, he can't read the room. I right. think he has a hard time figuring out why... People get so angry at him. Right. Like, hey, we needed pitching. I got pitching. I yeah. got the guy Lance Lynn. You like Lance Lynn. Yeah, you like Lance Lynn. You, you should have brought him back. You shouldn't have lost him. That's what the fans are tick, ticked off about. It's not bringing him back now. But when he throws out there where they wanted to be Cardinals, I think he thinks the fan base is like, oh, yeah. Yes. See, they, 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 wanted to, they wanted to be. The fans don't care. They're past that Like, point. is it nice? Yeah, yeah, of course it's nice. But they want this. They want this dude my, to shove. That wouldn't have been my closing, right? You know, like when you're closing a deal, that wouldn't have been my closing. Like, right? They want to be Cardinals. I'd be like, again, these are guys that the Cardinals wanted, and, and they're going to help us make. They're, they're going to make us better. They're make us better, and it's also great that they wanted to be Cardinals. Right. Boom. So like it's Cherry a secondary. Yeah. Like, right. At this point, I I would even venture to say the fan base is like, if there is a guy that is out there and he shoves for nine innings, walks off the mound, and gives everybody the double finger, I'm mm-hmm. cool with it. He's he's helping us win. Yeah. Lance like, Lynn's halfway there. Yeah, we don't know. He hasn't pitched yet. That's true. Too. No, he's, but he's got probably he the double out? bird covered. I don't think so. No. <laughs> Why hasn't he pitched yet? He's uh, saving those innings. Yeah. Well, he's pitching on the backfields. They talk about he's pitching innings in the backfield, so he's still pitching. Okay, well, then what are you complaining about? Uh, that he hasn't pitched yet. He's pitching on the backfields. Yeah, but put him in a damn game. I, I, don't, I don't write the like Gibby's already given up the, the home schedule. runs. Don't worry, Lance. You're not the only one. <laughs> Maybe <What>? we... <laughs> no? Yes. No, it's not. It's not Maybe we can get into this later, but I, I wonder if Mo like, genuinely thinks that in order to win a World Series, offense is what you need. Instead of pitching, I think he subscri- he has subscribed to that theory because it always used to be pitching. Well, the right. offense isn't that good, though, guys. Thank you. No, like, but on paper, talks, oh, this offense can bang. Yeah. They're like nineteenth in all of Major League Baseball. Right. On paper, it looks like a 
a good offense. Like on you look paper, at the names. Yeah. yeah, but the it paper like that shows the off. stats tells a different story. <laughs> well, that's no, all they look at. Are you looking at? You should look at a different column. That's, I did all of them. That's all they look at, though. <laughs> you know, what column I I like to use run scored. Run scored. And it wasn't that high. And W's. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. NFL free agent quarterbacks. Can any of these guys actually make a huge difference? As we talk about, like Baker making all this money, we we'll get into that conversation next on One Hundred One we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Justin Fields isn't a free agent, but we can throw him into this conversation as well. Are any of these free agent QBs or guys like Justin Fields who could be traded good enough to make a difference with his new team? Jamie, I think it uh, I think it matters how we how we qualify difference. Like, will Kirk Cousins make a difference on the Steelers or the Falcons or the Bucks? Yeah, yes, he would. Mm-hmm. Based on what those what that team had. Would Justin Fields make a difference for one of those teams? Yeah, absolutely, based on what they had. You go from Desmond Ritter to Justin Fields or Desmond Ritter to Kirk Cousins or Kenny Pickett slash Mason Rudolph to Kirk Cousins, yeah, they're going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference from the standpoint of they win like multiple playoff games and give themselves a real opportunity. No, not in my opinion, not not in my uh, thought process. Not the way the rosters are currently constructed. I I would argue that had you dropped Kirk Cousins onto that Buccaneers roster last year, they had a chance to compete mm. in the NFC. Yeah, because basically it would almost be like superimposing Tom Brady back there ish. Do you think Kirk could have went into Detroit and won that game? Because the Lions were. The, but the, maybe the they Bucks. wouldn't have had to play them then. Maybe they would have played them later on. Yeah. And maybe the record is better. Like I, I'd have to take a look at how that aligned. The Vikings make the playoffs if Kirk Cousins is yes, they do. healthy. I agree with that. Yeah. But we're talking about just improving a roster so much. I guess my issue with Kirk Cousins is that he's a little bit older. Well, and he's coming off of a, a yeah, Achilles, Achilles injury. injury. And like, I, that's, the that's, Achilles injury is remember what the the ACL injury was in like the nineties and even the, the two thousands. It certainly can, Jamie. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like the ACL now is like ah, you know, mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson ruined the the rehab process of the ACL. Adrian P- Peterson tore his ACL one year, uh, and then was back within like three weeks. Yeah. The the Achilles though really changes things for players now i don't know if it's going to be a quarterback we'll find out with kirk cousins and aaron Rodgers, but kirk cousins is going to be 36 well the good thing about it is neither guy plays a extremely mobile game very true so it will affect them still obviously because you have to plant and you have to adjust and you have to move you have to move up the pocket yeah you do have to scramble but if it was lamar if it was patrick mahomes if it was it's different i think it's different Mm -hmm. I think about Baker Mayfield now, right? Like Kirk Cousins, you don't have to sell a team that doesn't have a quarterback on Kirk Cousins. They'll just, yeah, sign us up. Baker Mayfield, though, he he did have a good year last season. He played well. Mm-hmm. He won a playoff game. I can't help it. And tell me if I'm being unfair. Probably. Probably. I can't help but think, Jamie, mm. he won 
the worst division in football, won a playoff game against an Eagles team that was in the midst of a crash landing. And then when he got to Detroit, played okay, but certainly not good enough to win. I think Baker Mayfield would be a huge risk. I don't necessarily think in the same realm of, like, I know what I'm getting out of Kirk Cousins. I don't think that applies to Baker Mayfield. No, I don't think it does either. Now, in fairness to Baker Mayfield, he literally did exactly what Tom Brady did the year before. Limped into the playoffs in the worst division, won a playoff game, then they, you know, sayonara. Yeah. So, I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady. I'm just saying that 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 stuff happens. Now, I agree. It is a way bigger risk going all in on Baker Mayfield. Because why? Well, look at his resume. Mm Mm-hmm. He really ha- he's never been that guy from last year ever. His career he had a couple of good years to start in Cleveland. That yeah, shouldn't he be did. unfair. Yeah, uh, he did. He did a good job in Cleveland to begin with, and then the wheels started to shake and fall off right. during his tenure there. Then he gets traded to well, Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, you bear. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you for not remembering that. that I, that I was, was trying. I'm like they're blue. Yeah, but they weren't. They're black and blue. But anyways. Right. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Did not go well. But then he gets traded to the Rams, and he steps in and does okay. Coming in at the last minute with Sean McVay's playbook, you know, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, that's not easy for anybody, let alone a guy that no. know, might not be the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then he did such a good job that he got an opportunity with the Buccaneers. And then that he totally re like reestablished his career because the Buccaneers like, this guy's awesome. His teammates love him. He's competitive. He's a great dude. He's playing well. Yeah. But he's still not a franchise quarterback. So if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, he's not my first call. Mm-hmm. The only the only team he's really valuable to, quite honestly, is the Buccaneers. Right. Because they know. Yeah. Everybody else, I'd be like, yeah, that might have been lucky. Right. Yeah, do you see his receivers? Yeah, you see his offensive line? Yeah. I think his perfect spot is going right back to Tampa. If they want him. And and if you're Tampa, you you could you could sign him, and then draft draft a guy, and say, okay, Baker, you're our guy. We're going to draft this guy for Ish. the future. <laughs> Ish. It's your job. To, you know, it's your job that we're bringing in. The, even if you get a second round second round quarterback, yeah, we're bringing this kid in. Whatever, right? Like, do your thing, Baker. Yeah. You're our guy. Three years. Same thing with Kirk Cousins. I think you should go yeah, back to Minnesota. Price tag, though. Let's go back to Baker. The price tag's too much. I agree. Because people are talking about $40 million. No, no thank you. That, that's, what the, that's the number I've been reading. I Anthony. don't want it. No kidding. I don't want it at $40 million. No kidding. I, at 15 I would do it. 40 a year? Yes. Nah. No. It's a no for me. It's a no for me, too. There's no argument. I'm not fighting with you. I'm in disbelief at the number. Because here's, here's the other thing. If, if you're a QB needy team... And let, let's even say you're in the back back of the top ten, or you're you're you know early teens. Baker Mayfield is fourth to me on the list of like Kirk Cousins, ju- trading for Justin Fields, drafting my next guy. Then there's Baker at four. Where's Desmond Ritter on that list? Not on the list. Okay, just checking. Not on the list at all. At all. Yeah. I think I actually Sorry. think Desmond Ritter should be a Buccaneer. I think they should start him. Right, of course, in your division. <laughs> <laughs> Why All wouldn't right. you think that? Should Major League Baseball have a free agent deadline? 
Absolutely. But that would make too much sense. Baseball's not going to do it. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Should Major League Baseball have a deadline for free agency? Yeah. No. What? No. What do you mean no? No, because it's just dumb. It's stupid. How is it dumb? Well, it, it's dumb from the standpoint of the players lose all leverage then. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a former player. I forgot. I'm not just here. You know, the players aren't just here for your entertainment and get your popcorn out. No. I'm the fan. They I'm, have pay- a, they I'm, have, paying, I'm paying their salary. They have families. No, I'm not. To take care of, they have bills to pay, they have lots of things going on. And that's why it's called free agency. Not mm. kind of free agency. No. It's still going to be called free yeah, agency. I lie. just want to put a deadline yeah, on it. Th- okay, so here, let me present you a scenario. Yeah, try to be careful there. Now listen with your big boy ears. Okay. Okay. Marcy, I already you, hate it. You settle down over there. Ooh, he's throwing chairs now. I don't care. So... <laughs> <laughs> runs in the family. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're Jordan Montgomery, you're Blake Snell, you're any free agent. Yeah. If there's a deadline, why the hell would I sign you before just squeezing you like a pimple at the deadline? Because it's ah, a good point. The owners then just say, nah, we'll wait. We'll wait. And then right at the deadline, now guys are panicking because if they have a deadline yeah. and then they can't sign after, is that the rule? Then, oh, then you're stuck at home for the rest of the year? Right. Then the owner's just going to squeeze you. There's no chance. It's it's not it's not good business. In fact, it creates an unfair market. You know, Jamie, you say a lot of smart things. <laughs> this may have been your smartest. I was only thinking about it from a fan's perspective. <laughs> I know, and from a fan's perspective, I want that rush. Right. Sign, sign. Exactly. Ding, ding. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. And then also building excitement for the sport. But then the high price guys yeah. would never be signed. Like the, the like the Otani's, that's a sure thing, okay? Things like that. But right. the other guys just going to get squeezed until they get off of what they want for the number. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, eleven fifty nine, okay, we'll take that deal. I'll pay you a thousand dollars to play this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try again next year. That's the only part yeah, that no, doesn't make sense. That, that's a really good point. Maybe that's they really have stages point. of it. Maybe you could create tiers of free agency, like yep. you have from this state to this state, but you have to make this amount of money in that free agency, like. It's this. Yeah, maybe it's like an incentive to sign sooner. Yeah, it's the you know let's say twenty five for million plus club, yeah. and that's the first week of free agency. And then you know, but it doesn't mean you can't be signed after. It just means you won't make top tier money. Right, right. So I guess that too is at the same time squeezing them. You're still squeezing them. Though. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if uh, and you can completely shut this down. I just thought of this at the top of my head. What if teams would like put a bid in for a player, say? Let's use Jordan Montgomery, for instance, right? Yeah. You put a bid in, um, and it doesn't have to be like an absurd amount of money by any means, but like, you know, you put a, let's just say you put a $1,000 in, mm-hmm. $1,000 bid because we're interested in talking to this player. The player then is like, eh, I don't really want to go on that. I don't want to be here, yeah. right? So 
he that team's out, right? But then the teams that put the bid in, they put more money in to have an exclusive right to talk to that person. And then they have a deadline to see if they can get to that point. And if they can't, then yeah. then we move on. Or then they can maybe rebid if they want to keep talking, except for you know maybe the, the price goes down or it goes up in terms of what the free agent makes. So, Marsh, I think it's an interesting idea. You hate it. I just don't care. It like as a fan, <laughs> if I if I'm a fan, right? I I want to see where these players are going to go. I want to see if they're going to the Cardinals. I want to see they're obviously not going to the Cardinals because if you, unless you declare that you want to be a Cardinal, right. And you're cheap, probably not going to go to the Cardinals. Or you know you're you're having you're a reclamation project. Sure, yeah. Even then, they're oh. not going to they're not going to risk. Yeah, yeah they're oh, not going to take the risk too, on you. Yeah. Yep. Anyways. For me, I don't care about the what the team has. You know, if the team has an advantage and they pay a little bit more to talk to you, I don't care. As a fan, I was thinking from the deadline standpoint, if there was a deadline, it creates this rush, this excitement. That's hey, this deadline's coming up. Who who are these players going to sign with? But Jamie just shot all mm. kinds of Winter Soldier well, holes and, into uh, the idea, and, and I think it it was well done. MLBPA would have to agree to it too. And they'll never. They'll never agree. agree. To that. They, they won't. Yeah. Even, they won't even entertain a salary cap. No. You think they're going to entertain a deadline? No. So I want to respond. There's no, benefit, there's no benefit to them. I want to respond to a text from uh, our buddy from the six one hate. Okay. In all caps. So he's yelling at me. Yes, he is. This point, which I don't appreciate you yelling at me ever, for that matter. Yep. Let alone on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. He uh, he writes uh, to me. Unfair market? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Look at your Dodgers, Jamie. What my Dodgers? They are your Dodgers. You've been protecting them. No, I really haven't. But Jamie, you did have fun in Los Angeles when you were playing out there. I great always point. Did. on the road, of course. Yeah, but great point. Always had fun in LA. Never had a bad game there. Um, can't. Couldn't afford to. Oh, I didn't want to be sitting in my room sulking. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm. We're going to celebrate. Good times come on. So to the six one hates comment here. Yeah, yeah it is unfair. So six one hate whatever your job is. I don't think we ever found that out. Clearly, but doesn't matter. Whatever his job is, can you imagine being forced into a certain salary? Forced into a certain. You don't, because if you don't like it, you quit. You go to a different job. Provided somebody else is interested in you. Provided, but the same risk for the player. Sure. If you don't like the contract that the Cardinals are offering, you don't take it, but the risk is you may not get a better offer. Right. That's a free market. That's a free market. Right. And the Dodgers, look it. There are other teams in Major League Baseball that could spend the same amount of money as the Dodgers. And do not. They don't. Now, do they make as much money as the Dodgers? No, probably not. But they still could Mm -hmm. spend that money. But they choose not to. Why? Because that's their choice. Right. So just like the player should have a choice of what he wants to make or what he's valued at, the player might be wrong. That's fine. Then the player sits on the shelf. And we're seeing that right now. With Monty and Snell. Like Wheezy from Toy Story 2. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, good call or on Penguin. That. Those yep. guys shouldn't be sitting on the shelf. They should be, somebody should be signing them, but they've outpriced themselves. So that's their fault. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it, it like works. Like you said, it's part of the risk. It is part of the risk. Yeah. We did get a text from the 919. What if they had a deadline and if they didn't sign by it, you had an arbitration type process that they got a one year deal after? So if they were going to sign a huge contract, but no, no owner offered it, 
they got a high number of AAV for one year. But still, you're dictating their free agency. That's not free agency. No, that's, almost, that's arbitration. It's a franchise. It's almost. It's almost. You're almost describing the franchise tag in the NFL. Yeah, oh, good you're right. Point. You know, it's that like, fluctuates based on exactly. Yeah. Hey, you're going to get a lot of money this year if you don't sign a long-term deal with us right now that we like, and you're just going to play for that one year. And if you shred your knee, sorry about your car. It's just. I love the concept or the discussion of it because yeah. I think it would be fun for media and fans alike. Right. We've got that deadline coming up. Here we go. But the players never, ever, ever agree to that. You're right. One question from the 618. Jamie, how much negative impact did the NHL salary cap have on the players? Is it worth it for MLBPA to continue fighting it? Listen, that, that salary cap was a, d- a disgrace. It was. We had a handful of guys that made the decision when they weren't supposed to. It was a massive ordeal. Ted Saskin was the pimple at the top of it all, and he got popped, too. You're not supposed to pop those pimples. He was a disgrace to the union, and he basically backdoored everybody. He had a group of like 10 or 11 guys that agreed with him on the panel and then went and made the deal. And the deal, the salary cap itself is not a horrible concept. It's not, because in theory... You want to have parity in the league. In theory, you want to force the lower teams to f- spend to the floor. Mm-hmm. Like you're forcing people to spend money, but you're also putting a cap on it a little bit so that people who do have an advantage aren't dominating the workplace. Like the Red Wings in 95 million that we had in 2003. 95 million. <laughs> okay? So, yeah, as far as. The salary cap had had a huge impact because the players agreed to this damn escrow. Who the hell does that? If I'm giving you a salary cap to the owner, if I'm giving you the salary cap, no, I'm not putting money in an escrow to make sure you make money. That's your job. Right. You go sell me, the player. You go sell the game. Tell your sales staff to get off their butts and go do something. Mm. It shouldn't be my responsibility since I already gave you a break with a salary cap. So now you can determine how much we're going to make as players because we fit into the piece, the puzzle the right way. Now, if you don't make money, I've got to pay for your losses. So you're irresponsible. That's on me. No, that escrow was the dumbest thing ever. And the players will never get that back unless they go on a strike and that will kill the game. That'd be the third in what? Well, no, it won't be a strike. No, those were lockouts. And as a player, I'm saying a strike. There's a big difference. I'm Mm. saying, like, right right after the deadline, right before the playoffs, the players strike. We're done. We're not playing. Major League Baseball did that in the 90s. They did. And the Expos that year lost the World Series because they were a damn good team. (laughs) Yeah, they were really good that year. But that's the only way you could do it. Mm -hmm. And then, then what kind of publicity does your sport get? None. Fans would be irate. Yep. And even the lockouts that were owner-generated, mm-hmm. the players took a beating because, oh, they're high-priced babies. Imagine now a strike? Mm. Uh, so there's no reclaiming that escrow. It's done, man. But, man, was it nice seeing Jax play for the Missouri River Otters. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a great, what a great team. Uh, March, you have somebody lined up for the gauntlet? Yeah, Aaron's going to join us for the gauntlet today. All right, perfect. So uh, Aaron will face one of us next in the gauntlet on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 4, 
Warriors. Four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 403, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stoltz, and we welcome in Aaron to the show. What's up, Aaron? Not much, guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thanks for playing today. First time All in right. the gauntlet? Yeah. You? All right. Well, welcome aboard. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today? I would like you, Anthony. Oh, oh no. Uh-oh. I like it. Friday right. afternoon, going to kick Anthony's ass. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, that's the goal, Anthony. You're not going to let him do it, but, you know, that's what he wants. Yeah, it's a nice spin right there. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Aaron, good luck in hockey, buddy. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Anthony's headed off to the cone of silence. And I don't know if you're going to get hockey or not. It's been very popular for Anthony. But I'm going to need you to tell Marshy to spin the wheel. Marshy, spin that wheel, buddy. All right, so all jokes aside, what are you hoping for, bud? Uh, I would say baseball is my best. I am pretty weak at hockey, so hopefully not hockey. All right. Well, let's see what DJ Marshy Marsh pulls up here. Oh, well, guess what? What's that? Baseball, baby. All right, let's go. Yeah, all right. So to go over the rules here real quick, it's two points per question if you don't use the answers and you get it correct. If you use the options and you answer it correctly, it's worth one point. And, of course, if you answer it wrong, well, you get zero. And if uh, you're tied after four questions, we'll have a tiebreaker. And, Aaron, we will get a winner here today in the gauntlet. All right, sounds good. All right, you ready, bud? Yes. Okay, again, categories baseball, question one. The Orioles have signed former Cardinals second baseman Colton Wong to a minor league deal. Wong made his MLB debut in 2013 when the Cards knocked off which team in the NLDS? You said that's 2013? Yes, sir. Oh, who did they play? I know it was the Dodgers and the NLCS, but I'm not sure about the DS. So why don't we do the options? All right. Was it the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the San Francisco Giants? As soon as you said said the Pirates, it clicked back to me. We're going to go Pittsburgh Pirates, final answer. All right. Question number two. Nolan Gorman led last year's Redbirds with 27 homers. But who posted that club's highest OPS? Oh. Let's go Lars Newtbar, final answer. All righty. All right, Aaron, question three. Who leads all active pitchers in wins. Verlander? We're asking you, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm... <laughs> Is... Why don't I take the options on this one? All right. Is it Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, or Max Scherzer? Uh, 
I'm going to stick with my original gut feeling and say Justin Verlander. Final answer. All right. Thank you. Final question for you, Aaron. Where did new Cardinal Brandon Crawford play college baseball? Oh, my goodness. Would have been a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. I'll go ahead and take the options. Your options are Georgia, Texas Tech, or UCLA? Well, we keep talking about them being, you know, a hometown team with San Francisco. Um, It would make sense if UCLA is the college you went to. So let's go UCLA, final answer. All righty. All right, perfect. Let's get Anthony back in here from the cone of silence. Before he gets in here, Aaron, how do you feel, bud? Uh, 50-50. Okay. All right. Well, Anthony's back. He's plugging in his ears here. Anthony, how's it going to silence? Look lonely. Yeah, I was a little lonely in there. That's all right. Yeah? That's fine. You're fine I, with it? You know, I got I got zoned in. I'm okay. ready. Ready for that hockey. I was thinking about all the Stanley Cup champions who ever performed and played and who they played against. Yeah. All right. Well, hockey it isn't. Ah. Uh, but you better pack a lunch. Okay. Mm. Baseball. Ooh, I don't. Mm. I feel like I don't get baseball a lot. So, well, we'll see um, if you get it today. Categories: baseball. You've been against me from second one today. Maybe. In Probably. fact, Anthony hasn't done baseball at all. Ever? Well, at least in Gauntlet 3.0. Oh, okay. Well, here you go, Anthony. Okay, it's my opportunity. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Question one: The Orioles have signed former Cardinals second baseman Colton Wong to a minor league deal. Wong made his MLB debut in 2013 when the Cards knocked off which team in the NLDS? 2013. All right, let's do this here. 2011, of course, was the World Series. 2012 would have been... You lost to the Giants. 2013... Let me think about where I, where I was in my radio career in 2013. That would have been Duncan and I doing the turn. I'm thinking Pirates, because they faced the Pirates. That was Waka. They faced Pirates back-to-back years? Has to be the Pirates. Yeah, uh, Pirates, final answer. Question number two. Nolan Gorman led last year's Redbirds with 27 homers, but who posted that club's highest OPS? Highest OPS for the Cardinals last year? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can I have the options, please? Options are Paul Goldschmidt, Brendan Donovan, or Wilson Contreras. Okay, so let's eliminate. I don't think it's Donovan. Goldschmidt or Contreras? Goldschmidt would be the obvious choice. Contreras had a really good season. Do I go obvious or do I go not so obvious? I'll go obvious. I'll go I'll go Goldschmidt. Final answer. All right, question 3. Who leads all active pitchers in wins? Uh, who'd have a lot of wins? Who's pitched a while? Probably the Cardinals rotation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it's got to be like Scherzer or Verlander or... I'll take the options on this, too. Let's narrow that down. All right. Is it Clayton Kershaw? Ah. Justin Verlander? Ooh. Or Max Scherzer? Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> um, man, Verlander's had some unbelievable... I'll go Verlander. He's had some unbelievable years. Oh, final answer. Justin Verlander. Final question. Where did new Cardinal Brandon Crawford play college baseball? He played collegiately at the UCLA Bruins University. UCLA. Final answer. Feels like it was just yesterday. Ukla. <laughs> yes, yesterday. <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> All right, let's go over this. Old Dan Ukla. Dan Ukla. Dan Ukla. Ukla. <laughs> 50 sets of 50. All right. <laughs> Question one. The Orioles have signed... Former Cardinal second baseman Colton Wong to a minor league deal. Wong made his MLB debut in 2013 when the Cards knocked off which team in the NLDS? Aaron, you said the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hmm. Anthony, you also said the Pittsburgh Pirates. Answer is. We remember Adam Wainwright in game five of the NLDS against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Nice. But. Anthony, you didn't use the options. Ooh. Two to one, Anthony. That was, was that Walker's year two, or was that the year after? We asked the questions around here. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Okay. That right. was Walker's year. <laughs> he was the uh, NLCS MVP. Next question. Who leads all active pitchers in wins? Aaron, you said Justin Verlander. <laughs> Anthony, you said Justin Verlander. Answer is... It is Justin Verlander. But both of you needed the options mm. on that one. We're 3-2 here after two questions. Next question. Question two. Nolan Gorman led the Redbirds with 27 homers, but who posted the club's highest OPS? Aaron said Lars Nupar. Anthony, you went with chalk. Paul Goldschmidt. R.L. Chalk. Answer is. Yeah, it's Wilson Contreras. Oh, yeah, Wilson Contreras. No. So neither of you getting it there. Down to the last <clears throat> question. Where did new Cardinal Brandon Crawford play college baseball? Aaron, you said UCLA. Anthony, you said UCLA. Answer is. It is UCLA. And Anthony didn't need the options. Aaron. You have chosen. <laughs> Poorly. You lose. Not today. <laughs> Anthony got you 5-3 today, Aaron. Hey, that's all right. It was a great time. Thank you for having me. Aaron, thank you. Thanks for playing, man. Thanks for listening, too. Uh, all right, guys. Have a good one. Strong good effort. Day, nice job. Yeah. I'd like to thank Jamie Rivers today. He ticked me off going into the cone of silence. Really. So he did that to me last week. Yeah. Just today? No, it's every day. But... <laughs> Specifically with the gauntlet, mm. yeah. so yeah, I well, just you didn't to... look like you had your head into it. So you got you got Sometimes my head into it. Sometimes you do it. things to piss people off because you know they've got greatness inside nice. them, somewhere up inside them mm -hmm. deep is yeah. that greatness. Mm. And I needed that from you today, Anthony. And you extracted that greatness I did. from pulled me. Pulled it right out of you. Thanks, buddy. You're welcome. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Do teams even think about the fans, specifically in Major League Baseball?
when it comes to uh, saying things and Ooh. building the roster and stuff like that. Ooh, I know where we're going with this. <laughs> That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we're, we're in the office earlier today, and Marsh, you had brought up a, a point that when you were talking, I'm like, no, I don't think, I, I just, I vehemently disagree. Mm. But it was interesting nonetheless, and I'd love to see what, <laughs> what Jamie, what, what side Jamie falls falls on in this. It's not really sides, it's, just a, it's a different, yeah, that's true. It's just a different way to look at it. But Marsh, go ahead. You were, you were talking about how maybe the Cardinals and, and other teams they're, they worry too much maybe about what the fans think. Yeah, you cited a specific example. Yeah, we were talking about uh, home runs, and I was wondering if like GMs care about the home runs in terms of, okay, this is what we think the fans want, right? Yeah. And then you came back and said, no, I think they just want instant offense. Yeah, I don't and think they don't they care think, about the fans. I don't think they think about what the fans want at all. I, I see where you're coming from. It's yeah. like, hey, home runs are exciting. Like, Chicks dig the long ball. Right. Like, what can we do to make people interested in our game? We'll change right. the rules. You know, we'll have the three true outcomes. Like, we'll make the game quicker. So then from that perspective, I'm like, okay, like they're trying to appease the fans, but do the fans actually care about the home runs or do they just care about seeing a good product on the field? Like when I think of St. Louis fans, I don't know if St. Louis fans necessarily care all too much about the home run as much as they like seeing, you know, balls put in play, good pitching, like solid just team defense, just things like that. And then you came back and you're like, well, I don't know if they really care about the fans at all. Yeah, in terms of roster building, I don't yeah. think that's the case at all. I think I think when when teams are are looking for ah oh, you know, home runs, th- three true outcomes, yeah. all that stuff, yeah, home runs are cool. I think they're looking at it as it's instant offense, and if you run into a home run, if you run into one late in a game, that could be the difference between you winning and losing. I don't think the I don't think the fan base or the the team say ah oh, the fan base wants some home runs. Uh, let's try to build. Let's try to let's yeah. try to play into that. Well, they clearly don't care because the fans have been wanting pitching, and they've not done that. I think well, good pitching. Right. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, that's true. I, I, where before I continue, what do you think, Jamie? Yeah, I think the moment front offices care about what the fans think is the moment they've lost. Period. I don't mean creating a good team. But if my fan base, oh, we want home runs from this guy. Oh, we're going to build our team for the fans. What? Yeah. No. Half your fans, including me, are plowed by the third inning. We don't know. (laughs) Who cares? You just want to see a winner. I just want to see teams that win. Yeah. I want to see teams that play hard. I want to see guys that look like they care. That's all I care about. That's it. If I'm the fan, right? Like, Oh, yeah, I want home runs. Bring back you know, guys like McGuire and things right. like that. Okay, well, those guys grow on trees, right? Like, no. <laughs> right. So if I'm John Mosaylock, I'm not sending out a poll to all my season ticket holders. And What kind of team would you like to see? Yeah. No. Yeah, a winner. That's why you have a job, sir. Mm-hmm. Do your job. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a winner, please. I'll do mine. I'll show up. Every year we show up. Three million of us will show up. Just give us a reason to keep coming back. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's home runs. I don't care if it's bunting, stealing, pitching, defense. I could care less. Right. Just put a W on the damn board for me. We got a text from Thanks, Dad. Fans want beer garden, beer gardens and villages at the ballpark, <laughs> bobbleheads and fireworks. The fans want all of the icing and none of the cake. 
Uh, they want to see a winner. I hate to simplify it, but they, they do. And then whatever the team identity is, that's what they'll back. So let's let's really unpack this from like the Cardinal standpoint, right? In the 80s, Whitey Ball. Yeah, because that's what you had. That's what you won. That's what you won with. You won with speed. You won with defense. Whitey Ball, that was the way to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they won it that way. And then when Tony says, a hard nine, mm-hmm. that's how you win ball games. Because you won. The fans will adopt. They'll buy into whatever. They'll buy into whatever it is if they're winning. Do you really think? We spent a lot of time talking about offense because I think fans typically, if they're if they're going to talk about anything, they're going to they're going to go with the offense. And I don't care what damn sport it is, they're going to go with the offense. Do you really think though the Cardinals fans wouldn't buy into a team that won every game three to nothing? Oh, of they'd be like, they this would. pitching is outstanding. Oh yeah. We don't. You can go ahead and have your offense. Yeah. We got the pitching and defense. But, they don't care. No, you're 100 percent right. I mean, you are. You're 100 percent right. It, it's fans will buy into whatever's winning. Yeah. They will, and it's up to you as a team then to identify that your team is winning because of a certain style of play, and then yeah, you promote the hell out of it. Right. Why? You want to keep getting people through the door. You want to get people buying your merch. Mm-hmm. So if you're a home run team and you're winning every game, 9-7, yeah. well, then you're like... We can mash. Now, yeah, come out and watch this team go. Like, What about your pitching? We don't. We can mash. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. right. We went out to get offense, and we got it. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, you wanted home runs. You wanted offense. You got it. Then the next year, if it's pitching... St. Louis, you wanted pitching and defense and hardware. You got it. You got it. And you're just sitting there like, I don't remember asking for that, but yeah, hell yeah. But I'm into it because right. we're winning. Yep. <laughs> we got a text from the 636. One, don't suck. Two, have beer. I'm in. There yeah, you go. That's... <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. That's right. Now, I do think, though, that, Marsh, I think what, what you're talking about I do. I do think your theory, your thought, applies to the teams chasing the league, league, yes. tr- league trends. Like mm. we saw, you brought up the Penguins. I'm interested in the, whatever this <laughs> yeah, is. That's great. You brought up the Penguins. I do think that we saw a little bit of a shift in the NHL when the Penguins won their Stanley Cups, and they're like, "Oh, we need speed, baby." I do think teams will will well, even the go Blues. with the league trend. Do you remember the Blues time? We're going to go. We're going to get more speed. That's what I was thinking of. Honestly, oh. that's exactly what I was thinking of. Sorry, I just didn't want to bury the. Pride of the St. Louis sports yeah, scene here. I don't here. care. No, they literally and came us. out and said we're we're going to, we're leaning more towards speed and skill. Right. And two years later, they were like, we need puck possession and big bodies. And we want a cup. And we want a cup. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we get a great text message here from the three one four, and this is kind of where I was headed with like your t shirts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Goes uh, the Cardinals could bunt every at bat, and if they won a hundred games, the whole city would have T-shirts about bunting. Yes, <laughs> red T-shirts. Bunt this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Get your blues cues in, your blues-related questions, into the text line at 314-399-9646. Again, blues cues. So send in your blues-related questions to 314-399-9646. We also need, well, let's do this first. Let's do the blues, let's do the blues questions first. Let's not jam up the text line here. So blues cues next on 101 ESPN. Yes, you got it. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues.
With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalters, Andrew Marshall with your blues-related questions. And if you still want to get in on the action, you can. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. All right, let's start off with the 618. If the Blues sell Pavel Buchnevich for picks and prospects like the public ones, does that mean the Blues are also punting on next season? Uh, no, not necessarily, because you could take those picks and prospects and make another deal and go get current players. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be right away at the deadline. You could also use those picks in the offseason or those prospects in the offseason as part of a package to acquire a player that you're looking for. So I wouldn't automatically associate picks and prospects with punting next year. I would say that if picks and prospects are all that you're getting back for this year, that you're looking towards next year already. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't know if there's a playoff push to be had right. if you're dealing Pavel Buchnevich for picks and prospects because you're taking away one of your best players and not replacing him. Right. I To me, this, is, this would be more about looking at it in a vacuum and Pavel Buchnevich not being able to help you make the playoffs because you feel like you're out of it at mm-hmm. that point. So what's... Where do we get the best return on Pavel Buchnevich? Yeah. It's not in the offseason. And what's your plan? And it's not next year at the trade deadline. It's right now. Well, and like if Army trades for a current rostered player, mm-hmm. maybe then he's still trying to, you know, he's trying to gain a pick out of that trade, but the player too. So keep this truck moving ahead because he thinks you're close enough to maybe get in. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. But if it's picks and prospects, it's not that Army's telling you he doesn't think this team's a playoff team. But he's telling you he doesn't think they're a playoff team. He's telling you that his percentages don't show it as a playoff team. Sure. And his calculations. Yeah, and that's all that matters when he's making the decisions. Very true. It, we've talked about it before, too. Like, Army selling at the deadline is telling the players, hey, you guys aren't a playoff team. But can the players necessarily get mad at that because they haven't done their job? Who hasn't done their job? The players. Yeah. Well, of course you get mad. Yeah, you're hurt. Like, your pride. It sucks. Like, you're mm-hmm. pissed off. 100%. Um, and as far as making moves at the deadline, telling the team that, you know, they didn't do good enough, that's just the business. Mm-hmm. And if, again, I'll go back to if you're getting picks and prospects at the deadline, it's because you don't believe that this team is a playoff team. Right, but I'm saying the players can't get upset about that because they didn't do their job. They weren't good enough. 100%. Yeah, they could get, I, see, I, see what, I see what you're both saying. Jamie's mm-hmm. saying you can be ticked off because your pride suffers because you, sure. you, didn't get it, you didn't get the job done. But ultimately, you can't complain because mm-hmm. you were the ones that put me in a spot to make the trade. I have to, I, yeah. th- th- basically, this is your fault. Yeah, and Look now at- i got to do my job. Ultimately, the roads lead back to two destinations. They lead back to the person who built the roster, and then they lead back to the roster for not executing the plan. Mm -hmm. In hockey, if it's baseball, and specifically with the Cardinals, all roads go back to Holly. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. All right, from the 314, I know playing the what-if game is stupid, but humor me. Had Army given Petro his coveted no-trade clause, and I believe he actually wanted the no-movement clause, Uh and he re-signed, do the Blues have another Stanley Cup and or still one of the best teams in hockey? I think so. I think the current Blues predicament is directly the result of not re-signing Petro. Thanks for hearing me out, boys. That's actually from Lewis. Yeah, it's it's too difficult to say that 
they would be Stanley Cup champions or contenders again, just because it's such a difficult trophy to win. Yeah. Uh, but I, look, it's no secret. I think your team is better with Alex Petrangelo as part of the team. Like, can you imagine your right side of Colton Pareko and Alex Petrangelo right now? Because you probably, had you decided that you were going to do, bring back Petro, you probably would not have acquired Justin Falk. You wouldn't have had to acquire Tori Krug. Right. So you would have had Pareko, Petrangelo, and then whomever as your third pair right-handed shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. Nick Letty, you know, who knows if Nick Letty, probably not probably here not, because yeah. he was a product of, you know, not having mm-hmm. a top four defenseman or a guy that you could play there. So there's so many variables that go into it. Like the what-if game is huge because then if Army keeps Petro and he's got Petro Pareko, you know, obviously, the Bowmeister thing happens, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for him. But Carl Gunnarsson, uh, Vince Dunn, like maybe Vince Dunn doesn't go anywhere now because you don't have guys that are blocking him. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. like there's so many ways that it could go. Right. I just say this Alex Petrangelo, in my opinion, is the best player that is not here from that team. He's the best overall player from that 2019 team that is no longer here. So that's obviously going to make a difference. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if you, I, it's so difficult to win a cup, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say, ah, oh, you definitely have another cup. But the the back half of what that question is, I would say, yeah, you're you're still a much better team because it's the dom. We talked about this. It's a domino effect. You mm-hmm. you don't bring back Petro, then you're forced to make all these other moves along the way. Mm-hmm. Are you a better team overall? No, you're not. Now, what Doug Armstrong would do after the Petro move, after bringing back Petro, that's the unknown. That's the unknown variable we don't have. Yeah. But I would have to imagine that you're a better team. Yeah, because you can't look at all the things that happened following it as far as, like, you know, the Tory Krug, the Nick Letty. The, mm-hmm. you, know, all, you can't really look at that because maybe Doug Armstrong would have made different decisions For sure. based mm-hmm. upon. Right. So, yeah, it's tough. And I think it's unfortunate that COVID hit, too, because that – 2020 team was that pretty 2020 damn good. team was a threat to repeat absolutely and i wonder if people aren't as upset if petro then leaves because now you have two stanley cups i don't think he leaves if he's got two you don't think so i think at that point you're like what do you want like yeah petro would have been a huge part of that one he would have mm-hmm. had to have been yeah and i can tell you this having just been in edmonton and i have not been in to edmonton in over 15 years and i had not been to the the new Rogers mm-hmm. Arena and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I can see now why teams failed in the bubble. Yeah. I can totally see it. We were at the hotel that is attached to the rink and it's got, I call them the hamster tubes. All these little tunnels and bridges that are going where you don't even have to go outside. And if you remember, that's where one of the bubble places was, mm-hmm. was Edmonton. And why did they do that? Because they didn't have to go outside. They didn't mm-hmm. have to fraternize with the real world. They could keep everybody in the bubble. I can see now why it failed for certain teams. I was going crazy after two days. Yeah, It was minus, I don't even know what, 40 up there. And I got outside on the second day and walked for like four blocks <laughs> to get fresh air. To go outside and because it was getting to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I could see now how it could have been daunting for teams to be in there. No fans, no real excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, you're ordering food to your room. You're not allowed to come out of your room. You can only walk down the tunnels. You got to get tested. Like yeah. after a while, man, that becomes almost like a form. It's dramatic, but it's almost a form of torture. Sure. It's that repeated behavior over and over again. That's not something you like. Right. You know, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. that was my soapbox. All right. This one comes from FedEx Colton. 
Is Robert Thomas a number one center on a cup contender? I think he could be. Look at it. Look at how he's playing, man. Honestly, like, I don't know if we're taking it for granted this year. Like, obviously, Robert Thomas on the Colorado Avalanche is not a number one center. Right. Yeah, on the Oilers, he's not a number one center because yeah. you have, like, generational talents on those teams. But Robert Thomas has 68 points in 59 games. He's a plus 13 on a team that's not in the playoff picture right now. Yeah. He's a really good player. He's I don't think I don't think he's a great player. On a, I don't think he's a great player on a bad team or a good player on a bad team. I think he's just a, a really good player. He's a really good all-around player. And if you look at like in Ottawa, right now if you put him in Ottawa, he could be the top-line center there. Mm-hmm. The way he plays alongside like a Brady Kachuk and, and they've got Stutzla, they've got Drew, they've got lots of guys, but I would put Thomas there. Yeah. So I think it depends on the situation. Um but I can see him being that. We talked about outside people talking about you know the Cardinals earlier with the 84 and a half wins and whatnot but after that Edmonton game Ryan Whitney who's a part of Spit and Chicklets he said Robert Thomas is so good what a shot yes he played in the all-star game this year but I think he's the new Barkov most underrated player in the league yeah I saw that and he's not wrong because Sasha Barkov is a guy down Florida Panthers that you hear about the Matthew Kachucks right yeah, yeah Matthew Kachuk in the Florida Panthers Barkov's been doing it for years and if it wasn't for a guy named Patrice Bergeron, Barkov would have a couple of Selkie trophies with his name on it because he's so damn good. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I could see that being the case with Robert Thomas as well, where you just don't really know how good he is until you start really watching him in the matchups. Last one here from the 309. Why do I keep watching the Blues even though I have a feeling every game that they'll lose? There's just something about it. That makes me want to keep watching. Tell me what that is. Excuse <laughs> me, you like your team. And because <laughs> you want them to win. That's the part of being a fan is you want your team to win. And even though you think there's going to be a negative outcome, you tune in anyways just for the simple chance that maybe tonight's the night mm-hmm. because you really yeah, want your around. team to win. Because yeah. you've seen them play good hockey in spurts this season, and I think that's what's so frustrating about this team is that we see what they're capable of. They just never put it together for a full 60 minutes, yeah. night in and night out. They certainly haven't. All right, um, we need bet the board people so we need four so uh if you want to play bet the board this month opportunity to win a uh one-on-one espn prize pack just text in bet the board and you'll have an opportunity to draft one of us to attach to us throughout the month of march for bet the board so get those in now 314-399-9646 we'll line up four of you you'll have four up you know one you'll have an opportunity to take on uh not take on but you'll have an opportunity to pair up with jamie or marsh or me or carrie so send in bet the board text at 314-399-9646 we'll start our draft here soon is this the best opportunity for the cardinals to win because of nolan arenado and goldschmidt and some of the other talent we'll talk about that next on 101 espn Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
So before we get into the discussion about whether or not this is the best opportunity for the Cardinals to win because they've got Goldie and Arnado, let's welcome in John. John's our first contestant for March when it comes to Bet the Board. So, John, first of all, welcome. Thanks for playing it. Bet the Board. Thank you. All right. So, John, this is how this works. You get to choose either Marsh, Jamie, Carrie Davis, who's not here today, or me, and then you'll associate with them uh, throughout the course of the month of March for Bet the Board. And if whoever you choose wins for the month, then you get a one-on-one ESPN prize pack. Sound good? Okay. All right. Sounds great. All right. So, John, would you like to take Jamie, Carrie Davis, Andrew Marsh, or me? I'm Andrew was my first instinct, so go with your gut. I think I would go with Andrew. All right, yeah. there you go. All right, so yeah. so Marsh is off the board. All right, John. Definitely. So you got to follow when you're listening, or you you check back to the podcast. You're following Marsh's picks here for bet the board. I will, absolutely. All right, sounds good. John, absolutely. have a great weekend. Thanks for playing. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, there you have it. Uh, so Marsh, he's he's looking for a bounce back out of you. I think so. Yeah, I was terrible last week, but in January or not last. Well, yeah, I was terrible last week, but last <laughs> month I was horrible. But in January I was pretty good. It came down to a tiebreaker, so I'm looking to bounce back. Yeah, yeah. John believes in you. That's all I, I like. Heard. That I like the confidence that he's instilling in Absolutely. me. Absolutely. That's three different first overall picks for three months. Oh, really? Yeah, it was me the first month, and then I think it was. Carrie, Carrie. Oh, last so month, and then, or maybe it was you. I don't think it was me. It was Carrie, and now it's Andrew, so three different. There's no theme to it, you know? And you won. I did. Carrie won. And Carrie won, so Marsh. Andrew, congratulations. It's set up perfectly for you. Wow. You'll yeah. win for sure. Absolutely. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, so we've got three more, three more rounds here for Bet the Board, and we do Bet the Board at uh, the end of each show. All right. Is this uh, is this the best opportunity for the Cardinals? We've kind of heard this before out of people. You've got Arnado, you've got Goldie. Like you got to win you, your window to win. It's 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 closing rapidly because you, you've got these players. Goldie MVP two years ago. Arnado third in the MVP two years ago. These are your studs, right? Now it's the time to win. I don't buy that at all. And it comes back to the starting rotation. To me, it's as simple as if you don't have a 1-2 in your rotation, and you can't have like a horrible bullpen, but let's just stick with the rotation. If you don't have a 1-2 that you can go into a series with, I don't care how good your offense is. It's like having a great defense in football or a great wide receiving core, a great skill position. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have anything. I know the Baltimore Ravens in 2001. I get that. There's this historic defense that won that year. When it comes to baseball, if you don't have a one-two combo, good luck having a chance to even make it to the World Series, let alone win the damn thing. So when I think of like Arenado and Goldie, yeah, that's a, that's a really good starting point for your offense. And yeah, they're getting a little bit older, and you want to have some urgency here. You ain't winning this year. You don't have a you don't have a one-two. You got a one in gray. But you don't have you don't have a compliment to Gray that you're going to go into a playoff series with armed, you know, ready to go. Not yet, you don't. You gonna trade for somebody? Well, so that goes back to my thought yesterday: is if this Cardinals team finds itself in a really good spot, hovering around the trade deadline, mm-hmm. do you think Mo would consider going out and adding not just a John Lester or Jay Happ, but like? 
a legit somebody with an expiring contract where it's a I mean it is a flat out rental. Yeah. But you're getting a one or a two guy for your rotation. Jamie. I like to say things with confidence on this show, okay? Yeah. There are some times that I'm like, I'm kind of confident. Yeah. I've never been more confident in anything, anything on this show uh-huh. than what I'm about to say right now. <laughs> okay. There is absolutely no way that John Mosaylock is going to come up with a rental or one of those, like, the deal that puts the team over the top for a starter and give up the prospects for it. I put that at 0.0%. If I could go into the negative, I would. He doesn't have the huevos rancheros to put together a trade package that's going to go out and get a stud pitcher at the deadline who's a rental or even a a player that uh, maybe you got a year left on it. There's no way in hell. Do I think he's going to get the next version of John Lester or Jose Quintana or Jay Happ or who? Absolutely. You want me to sign up for that? Yeah. I'll I'll sign on that dotted line. Okay. Yeah. So, I agree. I don't think he will. (laughs) I don't think he will. But I would. I would look at the market and all of the pieces that you acquired last year at the deadline, all the Sagaces or Sagaces and things like that, like all Mm -hmm. the players that you got with the, like, that's the time now to go and spend some of that. like I agree. But this is, of course, completely dependent on the Cardinals actually looking like a contender. Right. Like, it can't be to go and waste your prospects to go get a guy to win the division. Mm-hmm. No. The thought process has to be past that. Yes. The thought process has to be, we're an NLCS team. Are we a World Series team? I don't know. But we're an NLCS team with another pitcher. Right. Because that gives us a chance. Mm-hmm. But that's the only way I'm doing it. Especially like for a for a, a flat out rental, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like for for sure rental that, and I'm only giving up prospects if I think my team is a CS team, right? And then we'll we'll figure it out from there. Sure. But if if you're not, then I would give up the players, but it wouldn't be for a flat out rental. Right. Like for somebody with another year on there, which would cost think, even more. But that's what the it costs more, and then it would cost more. Uh, on your payroll, too, because those guys aren't free. Right. So you're not getting the pared-down little bit of money that you're spending at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You're getting a full year next year, too, which really, really would make the Cardinals say no. Yeah. Do you put? Do you also put the odds at 0.0% for uh, Bo to do something like that? I do. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. So I, combined, we're, we're a solid 0.0%. Should we go? Wait. I'll go 0.1, just so that... Just right. so there's a chance, and I'll go zero. Po- I'll, I'll go negative zero point one. So that no, gets us right not, back to zero point zero. No, I don't like what you I did don't, there. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, negative zero point one. Yeah, that would be well, yeah, that, that would negate. Yeah, that would negate his. Mm. So now we have we're, algebra. We're, we're back at a very realistic zero point zero percent when it comes to Mo making some sort of big deal at the deadline, thinking that he could pair Sonny Gray up with something decent. Right. We all agree. Fast lane. Consensus on this one? 0.0%? Yeah, I want to go home now. I'm sad. No, you don't need to be sad. It's just that we're talking... No, I'm sad. Talking realistic. I feel like there's no hope for anything now in life. Uh, No, not in life. (laughs) Just when it comes to your Cardinals making a big trade. My life revolves around the Cardinals. Can I introduce you into some other things? You know, relationships (laughs) and things like that. I do have one of those. I do like movies. (laughs) 
I like TV shows. <laughs> well, you got those then. Let me help you, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> I have Jamie to to introduce me to some things. There yeah. you go, and he will too. Oh, I know he's he got will. no issue doing that. <laughs> okay. He does already. Uh, we'll do another bet the board plus our sports six pack three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six is our conference service tax line. If you got a question for us, send it there. Sports six pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now... 502, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalzer. Before we get into the sports six-pack, we have a new contestant for Bet the Board. He's Vince. What's up, Vince? Hey, how's it going? Uh, hey, good to have you in today, Vince. Would you like to um, draft, so Marsh is off the board, but would you like to draft Jamie for Bet the Board, Kerry Davis, or me? Uh, I'm going to go with Jamie. All right, yeah. there you go, Jamie Rivers, Vinny, Vinny Barbarino. <laughs> do you know, do you know who Vinny Barbarino is? Uh, I've heard it a lot, and I can't play stop my head, but that's what I called a lot when I was younger. All right, well, Vinny Barbarino was in Welcome Back, Cotter. Was a TV show way back when it was John Travolta that played that guy, and he was his name was Vinny Barbarino, and he go what? <laughs> Where? How? He was kind of not smart. But you, you, my friend, are smart because you picked me. Nice. I'll take it. All, All right. right. Thanks, Looking buddy. forward to it. Uh, Vince, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Good luck to you this month. Hey, thank you. All right. There you go. So Marsh is off the board. He went to he went the first overall pick to John, and then Vince just to, took Jamie. So we still need two more Bet the Board contestants uh, to take either me, uh, well, me and Carrie. All right, Marsh, what do you got for question one, please? Question number one. All right, from the five seven three. In their t- or if their tenured ended today in St. Louis, how would you perceive the careers of Melanardo and Paul Goldschmidt while they were here? Where would they fall on your expectations of them coming in? Wow. Well, they failed miserably. Yeah, I would say so too. But <laughs> Goldschmidt, I'm not I know I'm with you. Like from an individual standpoint, Goldschmidt won an MVP. I mean, yeah, I guess he didn't. Neither of them failed, but, but they didn't still. bring you that big hunk of metal, mm. you know? I mean, you thought after you got Arnado and you paired him with Goldie, you're like, yeah. yeah. Ooh, when you get two, when you when you acquire and you have two Hall of Famers on your roster, on your corners of your infield, one would expect that championships should be in the conversation, mm-hmm. or at least... NLCS championships. Like, yeah. It ha- hasn't happened. You haven't won a playoff series. Have they won a game? No. Not the two of them, no. No, just Goldie in 2019. Wow, they were yeah. big, though, in the playoffs, weren't they? Oh, no, that's right. Nope. So, yeah, 0.0 <laughs> playoff wins. Minus 0.1%. <laughs> well, they didn't take, it, they didn't take, it, uh, take any wins away from. Well, I guess they did. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I don't know if total failure would be the right term for it, but it would be a massive disappointment, yes. Mm. And not all their fault either, because Mo decided, I don't need pitching now, I got these two guys. Well, I mean, I don't pitch- think he said that, although he did get rid of Austin Gomber. Hey. 
There goes some of your pitching. Jamie, Jamie, it's not what they say. It's their behavior. Yeah. And John Mosaloc's behavior has been, after I got Arnauto and Goldie, I now don't need pitching. That's what his behavior said. Well, actually, like... They did have pitching in the playoffs. They actually got some pretty good pitching. They didn't get any. Marsh, they didn't do anything. Marsh, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I'm just spitting the truth. You are. Yeah. All right. Uh, something here I wanted to bring up here just real quick is it's a proud dad moment. Yeah. Is, um, my daughter McKinnon is a freshman at Howell. The Vikings. Go Vikings. Skull. School Vikings hit Marsh. You should love that. I know you won't like the high school, but like the Vikings. I never liked them in high school. I know. I know. Well, anyway, she's a soccer player, as you know, and this was her first tryouts to play you know, varsity soccer. And it's tough as a freshman to make the varsity team. They got a hell of a program out at, at Howell. So McKinnon made the JV team yes. this year. Nice. Yes. Heck yeah. yeah Good job. She uh, was super stressed out, super nervous. I'm sure. She's always had the opportunity of... Never being cut along the way. This was her first chance to like it's see stressful. where she's at. It's very. She was super stressed out. I know she worked extremely hard to get to this point, and just really proud of her. Yeah, heck yeah, you should yeah. be, man. That's awesome. Congratulations. I cry. Bell's wrong with me. Well, you're a proud dad. You're a proud papa. Yeah. Well, you know, you as a as a I I know this now, but as a as a parent. And, and others that are listening right now that are parents, you want it so bad for your child, but you can't do anything about it. Like you going other teams, you're trying out for teams. It's all on you. Yeah. This is this is something that you know McKinnon wants so badly, and yeah. you want it so badly for her. Now she's got it. Yeah. She's she's got work to do. Obviously, she got sure. to earn playing time, which that would be any sport. I would expect no less from a coach to demand that. But uh, yeah. No, she's excited. She was super stressed out about it. It's, you know, her, hopefully the first step in many good years of playing high school soccer. And also a shout-out to her bestie, Cassie. Cassie Moe, we call her. She uh, she made the C team, going to swing with JV. Excellent. Her and McKinnon have been besties since, God, I don't even know when, but they started playing soccer together and all that stuff. That's so awesome. Congrats to the girls. No doubt, yeah. I still remember as a freshman when I made when I made the, the team, baseball team, it's same deal. It's like you're, you're you've never really. I mean, I played on club teams and stuff growing up that, that had cuts and whatever, but it was never really uh, something that I, I was worried about being cut. But like in high school, you're yeah. like, oh man, this is the first time. I remember the day I found out I made the team. You know, I, I wasn't driving yet because I, was, I was still a freshman. My dad was in the parking lot. I ran across. I'm like, I made it. We embraced. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's, it's a big deal. It's so that's awesome that's fantastic. Moment, yeah. that's it reminds awesome. me of. Uh... <laughs> you know, in School of Rock, when he's walking out to the kids, and he's like, "We're in," and, I, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah!" They're yes. like, "Stop it! You're dying!" <laughs> That's right, because he snuck them in. Yeah, they have stick it to the monosis. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think. Look, your kids have touched me, and I'm pretty sure I've touched them too. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> the wording. <laughs> Question number two. Oh, Jack Black. Uh, from the 314, do Snuggerud and Dvorsky project to be 20 to 30 goal scorers per year? Jamie, what current players could you compare them oh, to gosh. today? I know it's hard and difficult. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It is both. Um, I don't know. Like, Jimmy Snuggerud, it's tough to find a direct comparable. He's a, he's a shooter, right? So... Had I a little more runway, I could probably go through some teams and find some guys. Um, but 
Do they project? Let's focus on the 20 to 30 goals. Yeah, they should. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both high draft picks, high expectations. They both can find the back of the net regularly right now, you know, in junior hockey or college hockey. So I I think that they project to be 20 to 30 goal scorers, maybe more if things go the right way. You know, who they could be compared to, I don't know, maybe Stamkos and Kucherov. You know, those are coming. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Sid, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, something like that. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Think along those lines. Yeah, yeah, anything, a, a McDavid well, and a dry side. Anything short of that will be a disappointment. A total failure. <laughs> Question number three. That's hilarious. From the 636, with how bad the uniforms have been this year, are you nervous to see how catastrophic the City Connect jerseys will look this year when the Cardinals introduce them? Yes. What? The, with the City Connect jerseys? Yeah, be, they're going to be terrible. I don't think that. I don't think they will be. Really? I don't think so. I think that, honestly, although the Fanatics guy was completely out to lunch with the way he delivered his message to <laughs> the fan base, I mean, out to lunch is being kind, actually. You think that guy's going to come through? No, but I think people that are surrounding him are <laughs> yeah. going to come through. Because he's the guy that just shakes his fist, doesn't have the answer, but yells at people to find the answers. Yeah, true. And then they're going to find the answers. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to, at some point, you're going to see a slight change in some of these uniforms. The next wave of uniforms is going to hit these teams, and they're going to look different. Remember me saying that. Okay. Because I I go back to when the NHL changed the jerseys, when they went to, like, the form-fitted, like, tight, snuggy jerseys because they thought it would be, like, aerodynamic and whatnot. They were horrible. They honestly felt like you were trying to squeeze into, like, Spanx. You know, like those clothes that are, like, super tight to make you not curvy or whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about. They're cheaters. How many hmm. How many of those have you worn there, Jamie? I put a pair on one night just to be funny. I could barely get them off. I need the <laughs> jaws of life to get them off of me after. We're trying to be funny or trying to spice things up? Uh, both. Okay. You hmm. know, usually one leads to the other. Yeah, true. But th- those jerseys, about a month into the season, <laughs> a month and a half into the season, we got a revised version of them. Hmm. And they were a little bit better and, you know, obviously. Sure. So I think that's going to happen again. Yeah. What do you think the design's going to be? Terrible. <laughs> you think they'll be red? Yeah, they've already said they're going to be red. Oh, they have? Yeah. Hmm. They said they're going to be like straight up red. In fact, at one point they thought about doing the whole uniform top to bottom red. Oh, but that goodness was, gracious. Someone said they'd look like a ketchup popsicle. Uh, and that would not be good. Yeah. Probably look like, uh, it'll probably be like Philly red though. You know, not it, actually it, it won't be, red. It won't be yeah. Cardinals <laughs> red. It'll be Philly's red. Yeah, a little darker. Uh, like, what the hell is this? this it'll end up being Diamondbacks red. <laughs> <laughs> that crimson type color they have. Uh, <laughs> those are the, the, to me, those are the worst the worst uniforms in baseball. Which Those ones? Diamondbacks uniforms. The ones they, where they, they got uh, like the different colors coming up the, the leg. I hate that. I think they switched them though. They should have switched they used, them. So when Paul Goldschmidt was there, they had like the red on top of the shoulder and then it like kind of yeah. faded. It was like a gradient look. That right. was stupid. I think they since have changed them. Do they still have the uh, no sleeves? No, they should go back to I miss those jerseys. The uh, like sun's the, out, guns out uniforms. Oh, boy. Yeah. Remember that? They had the, yeah. but they wore the pe- purple t-shirts like underneath. With yes. The, those are sweet. 
There's some teams that can pull off. Yeah. They didn't have a T-shirt underneath. <laughs> All right, Luke Voigt style. <laughs> we wear sleeves in this league. <laughs> we we wear sleeves in this league, son. Yeah, you're right though. Only certain teams, just because we're used to it. But like the Diamondbacks of the yeah. early 2000s, the I, Rockies had good ones too. They did. Yeah, I like. I you know, not that we like this team, but I think the Reds can pull off the the sleeveless too, mm, the, the, with yeah. the pinstripes and the black underneath it, yeah. or the red. Yeah, I, like I think that. that I think that's a good look. I always think of the weather, and I'm like, anytime you throw black on a team, I'm like, they're yeah, gonna hate you. Right, but the red. Imagine being the 110 heat index outside your no, center field you. for the Cardinals, and you're wearing black. <laughs> the Pirates. Mm. No wonder they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why the uniforms. Yeah, the Reds used to have sweet jerseys though when. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was there. Yes, that's with the, the black look. and red. That's the look I'm that thinking of. That was a cool look. Yep. Uh, all right, what do we do there? March three, got three. Yeah. Oh, that's not good enough. Let's finish that six pack next. Don't want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. Before we continue our sports six-pack, we have our latest uh, contestant here for Bet the Board in the month of March. It's where we draft. You you have an opportunity to draft one of us, and therefore you're associated with our picks throughout the, the month. And we welcome in Jackie. What's up, Jackie? Hey! Hey! Oh, my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> welcome into the fast lane. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I listen to all the shows in 101 all the time, so I'm very excited to be here. Well, Jackie, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, So, Marsh is off the board. Jamie's off the board. So, you have either me or Carrie that you can pick. Who would you like to take? Yes. Hate to cut it to you, but uh, as a Hazelwood Central graduate, you got to go, Carrie. It's you got to go, Carrie. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You got to go, Carrie. All right. So, Jackie, you're you're associated with Carrie for the entire month of March. And he'll be legit. Yeah, he'll be he'll be (laughs) fired up, too, since uh, you're a Hazelwood Central grad as well. So excellent. All right, Jackie, thanks for playing. And uh, we'll let Carrie know that that you chose him today. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good one, Jackie. See you, Jackie. See you. There you go. That's awesome. So she's she's a Hazelwood grad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Carrie coached for Hazelwood Central, graduated from Hazelwood Central. So good stuff there. I like it. There you go. So, There's no doubt that she was picking Carrie. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I don't blame her one bit. Didn't matter who was available. No, nope. No, with the Hazelwood Central yeah. background, you got yeah, you, you have got to. to. Right. So, uh, Marsh, do you have another con- contestant? Yes, we have uh, one more lined up. So we'll do that uh, next, next okay. segment. Feel free if you want to uh, back out because it's going to be me. So well, yeah, it's going to be you. But we're gonna we're gonna let this listener. <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling it's going to be you. Get on the phone. The only one left. I just, oh, I want to see. I uh, well, I want to hear <laughs> what the enthusiasm level is of this next contestant. Okay, just yeah. to see if they're right. all on board for you. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be? I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm well, just, you're I'm not just saying wondering. they will be. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue our sports six pack with a uh, question four, please. Question number four. 
All right, from the 618, I've noticed more forechecking out of Jordan Cairo lately. Can that cycle game be instilled in him? Perron also wasn't that cycle slash possession player early on in his career. Yeah, and there are some comparisons to the two players. You know, uh, both players at a young age, not great defensively. Uh, it had to be coached into them. Jordan Cairo, look, there's there's pockets of the game where Jordan Cairo, you can clearly see he's making an effort to play a more well-rounded game. There are times where maybe it's not there. But this is what happens when you have an offensively gifted player is they think offense first. Yeah, That's their natural instinct. And it's offense at all cost. And the difference about that is if it's offense first, it's one thing to think, okay, go go score a goal. When it's offense at all cost, it's I'm going to try any play that comes into my brain because I'm just trying to create a goal. And it doesn't matter what the result is. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, I don't really care. Not care. I'm not really thinking about the turnover. I'm not really thinking about killing this play. I'm thinking that I want to put the puck in the back of the net. Right. And that's where you see creative players make those passes. You're like, what is he doing? Because that's what pops into their brain. That's what separates them from the average player is the ability to make those plays, the willingness to make those plays. And they don't always work. Like I could go back, we could go back and grab 50 to 100 highlights of Wayne Gretzky turning the puck over with bad passes or bad plays. You could do that. But you overlook it because how many times did it work? Right. <laughs> right? You can go back. So for any it's a bit player, of a ratio. For any player that's an offensively gifted player, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, you can go back and find a ton of mistakes, but you overlook them because the juice is worth the squeeze. So for Jordan Cairo, overall, he's produced for this team. But it's a team that requires him to play a more well-rounded 200-foot game. So he's still trying to find that balance. For me, the biggest thing for Jordan Cairo is just making sure he's competing every every shift, every game. That's the biggest thing. If he's competing, I can handle the mistakes. If the mistakes are made out of being competitive and wanting to score, no problem. If the mistakes are made because there's a thoughtlessness or a, eh... Uh, whatever, or no back check because, yeah, I don't know, I'm tired. You know, Then that's a problem for me. And I've seen a lot more effort out of Jordan Cairo here recently. Yeah, and I wonder if his mistakes are highlighted more, at least to the fan's eye, because there aren't better players around him. Mm-hmm. And he's still a young player, too. Yeah. Oh, careful with that word. Well, People get damn well pissed off. He's, he's not young! not young anymore! He's, he's been tw- in the league for a while. He's 25! Yeah. 20. What were you doing at 25? Probably just getting out of college, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was with uh, I was selling washing machines. Yeah, were you really? I was. <clears throat> well, and dishwashers and uh, stovetops. Oh, that's right. Ranges. That one lady uh, was very complimentary of your of your washing machine, right? Or the when you installed it? Or am I just making <laughs> oh, that up? I sold a woman. I saw that movie. I well. <laughs> No, Jeremy, you're thinking of something else. Huh? I had nothing to do with uh, that. Sorry, I was reading the text. I missed the first part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's <laughs> something that you do on your own time. That, that's not associated with me. No, I sold a woman uh, a uh, an open box. An open box dishwasher. You did. Right before Thanksgiving. And they installed it, and they installed it wrong, and uh, it leaked everywhere. And no. she called back and said, you <laughs> ruined my Thanksgiving. Oh my 
She said, you ruined my Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is a 25-year-old kid. <laughs> like, you did this. Okay. This is your fault. Did you quit? No. <laughs> no. Did, did you care? I did care. Yeah, <laughs> I did care. But ultimately, I mean, you know, I didn't install the damn thing. You didn't. <laughs> was it installed wrong or was it a faulty washer? It was probably faulty. Uh, I, I didn't, but I didn't know. You know, they just put it's an open box. All right, cool. They're like, does well, anything wrong with it? it? I'm like, well, if anything was wrong with it, if it got fixed, so it's good to go. Didn't get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you had no it's idea. A, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's incredible. Can I speak to Anthony? Yeah, I just want to let you know you ruined my Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you feel that way? <laughs> no. I didn't. Question number five. All right, very important question here from the 314. If all parties do drink and you guys go out for a guy's night, shouldn't everyone take turns buying rounds of shots or buckets if someone starts it? Uh, Out of us? No. Well, just in general, like if you go out with a group of people. Oh, assuming... Okay, let me let me clarify. If if it's the four of us, like it's Carrie, Jamie, me, and Marsh. Yeah. I don't expect Marsh to have to buy a, a full round for us. Okay, well, let me just ask you this. Why? He's a young kid. Yeah. I was a producer. Yeah. So let's it's just tough. say... It's tough. Okay, so... It's tough. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I got you. So let's back it up. Mm-hmm. Let's just say all things are created equal. Then yes. Everybody should buy. I think that's really more of the question. I so, think so too. Then yes, yeah. I th- is, yeah. So the way, like, what I gathered from that is, if if Anthony just goes and buys like a round of shots, but no one is like, oh, I really asked for that, then do uh, I like do I or Jamie or Carrie feel like they should then buy it, even it, though that was never discussed? I, I would say no for the the expectation. But if you're if you're hanging, like if you're hanging and yeah. there's more rounds, then yeah, you got to yeah. you got to right. chip in. Here's the thing. Okay, is when I go out and if I buy a round of drinks or a round, I don't expect anything in return. Right. I don't care. Right. I'm there to have fun, and the way I'm going to have fun is by not making it uncomfortable. For totally. Right. Yes. So if somebody doesn't have 30, 40, 50 bucks to spend on booze that mm-hmm. night, whatever. Or Nashville for sure. Yeah, right. I yeah. don't care. Guess what? I'll buy. Sure. Because we're here having a good time. That's all I care about. Right. And I don't expect you to buy me a shot because I bought a round of beer. No, yeah. I don't expect that at all. I, I'm with you. I don't. I wouldn't expect it either, especially if I started it. Mm-hmm. I do think there's kind of an unwritten rule that most people follow, and that if we're hanging out, like we're there. Yeah. Right? Hey, I got the next round. Or if you if it's a, if it's a, a night where you're specifically no, like hey boys, we're going out. Um, you know, we've got a driver or an Uber or mm-hmm. whatever, and you're all going to the same place and it's a spot. Sometimes I'll just say, hey, w- are we just getting one big bill? We start a tab? Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of places you're not just, if you pay by the round, they're right. like, oh, they're like, come yep. on, man. One big bill. Like, so you go, hey, Split one big bill, and at the end of it, either somebody covers it, and then the other guy's Venmo, that person, mm-hmm. their little their portion or whatever. Yep. That's the other way I do is like, hey, I'll put my card down, or you can put your card down. At, we'll, we'll figure it out at the end. Totally. And that way there, nobody has to feel a certain way. You're just mm-hmm. like, okay, boom. And Absolutely. at the end of the night, if you don't have money to cover it, you say, hey, man, I'll get you like next week. or Okay, sure. cool. It's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Agreed. Are we having fun? Yes. That's all I care about. <laughs> I love the uh, like the transactions. If you if you go out and you're like, 
all right, we need to get an Uber. And instead of just like Venmoing for the Uber to split it, you're just like, hey, I'll just buy you a drink at the bar that we're going to. Yeah, the bartering. It's just such an easy transaction. Yeah. The bartering is good. Yes. Yep. I thought you were going to talk about like the, the receipts. Oh, like, uh, yeah. For no. the thing. So what's funny is I'll tell you a quick story is because so, some guys or people go out and they don't, they don't want the receipts because, oh, you know, the, they didn't want to, I'm at this place or at this place, whatever. Oh, uh, I get what you're yeah. saying. And so <laughs> there is a um, dancing establishment oh, in, mm. in Canada. It's called The Office. You've talked about this. <laughs> it's called The Office. Yeah. <laughs> and on your credit. Yeah. Gretzky's office? N- no. A not different one. On your credit card statement, it comes back as office supplies. <sighs> so your bill of like, I don't know. Seventy-five dollars, whatever. Office supplies. Mm-hmm. It's what it's written up as. <laughs> it's a lot of paper. Because they call the paper. Because they call the alcohol at the office. Those are office supplies. Right. What what supplies would you like tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, ink's expensive. It you know? is. So yeah, so, it's a great you. write-off too. Question number six. <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. I was, gonna, I was like, that's going to challenge it. Yeah. I was going to challenge it. That's office right. supplies. Oh, Which man. ones? I don't remember. It says right here. Paper, pens, <laughs> yeah. you know, pencils. Ink. Damn yeah. ink. It's, it's yeah, really that expensive. That computer ink is expensive. It's expensive mm. these days. All right. Last question here from the 636. Guys, I'm going to the game Saturday, and I haven't been paying much attention to the Wild this season. What should I expect to see from the Minnesota Wild tomorrow? That's Matt Maroon. A, no, you won't. No, oh, dude. No, no. Patty's injured right now, unfortunately. Ah. We uh, wish the big rig nothing but the best. Get back, get healthy, get playing. Um, we miss you. But, no, the Wild have a really hardworking team. They do. Since John Hines has taken over, they had a little dip in the road early, but for the most part, they're a hardworking team. It's it's going to be a game that we've seen a 100 times in the last handful of years between the Blues and the Wild. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a game that has a, a playoff feel to it. Yeah. And they're in this similar situation to the Blues right now. They're they're on the outside looking in. They're not that far behind. Bill Guerin, their GM, he's going to have some decisions to make as well because no matter who you are as a GM, when your team is in this position right there hovering, you got to figure out, are you selling? Are you buying? What are you doing? And the Wild are sitting at 62 points, one point behind the Blues, eight points out of a playoff spot right now. So they're a little further away, but... The Blues play the Wild three times this month. This could end up being really big games. Yeah. So I, Huge. I, I expect, a, a, I think, a good game tomorrow. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fastlane's biggest question of the day. Before we get to the biggest question of the day, we welcome in Brian. Brian, uh, he's going to play Bet the Board throughout the month of March. He doesn't have the opportunity to draft somebody, though. Brian, you and I, we're hitched in March. How do you feel about that? Oh, I love leftovers this time of year. Yeah! So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a fantasy baseball season. I made a list just to make sure Jamie is gone. Is that right? Yeah, no, Jamie's <laughs> definitely gone. Yeah, no, you're stuck with me. Carrie, yeah. Carrie's, Carrie's not available. Carrie was just selected. Yeah, no, go ahead. And, go ahead. And, uh, Marsh is, no, I think Marsh. Yeah, Mar- no, Marsh, uh, Marsh is the, the first overall pick. So uh, I, I appreciate right. your due diligence, though, on this, Brian. Yes, I'm out. I'm out. That's okay. 
<laughs> Anthony's gonna win. Watch this. Congratulations, Brian. Brian. Do you accept, or you can always decline? Yeah, you can decline. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> try again next month. Yeah, you know what? Let's let's roll with Anthony this month. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, Brian. You're, you you decided to take the uh, the one in the hand as opposed to the maybe the two in the bush. Jamie That's would right. go the other way. I but, sure would. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian, let's get it done this month, all right? Well, stay, stay true to your uh, your metrics here. Nothing crazy. No, I won't. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'll be me, all right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, buddy. See ya. Thanks for playing. <laughs> all right, so, Brian, here we go. John. You know what he did. No, I definitely didn't. Why do you think I looked at Jamie? All right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he underhand pitched oh, that one. Yeah, of course I did. I Mark McGuire the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> been working with the guy for how long you don't you don't think i do as a layup all right so john took marsh vince took jamie jackie took carrie hazelwood central alum and brian was stuck with me so there's your uh, bet the board for the month of march what do we got for biggest question of the day marsh all right we've been talking about like how to build rosters and what that looks like for winners essentially and you know we talked about the blues and we've talked about the cardinals and we mentioned some football as well but we had this conversation in the office, so I wanted to bring it up again. Why do GMs not sell out for defense? And can defense alone just get you to the dance? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So maybe it's not just defense, but maybe maybe well, it's yeah. a certain position. No, take a look at <clears throat> take a look at some of the defense like the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Defense won them a championship. Mm-hmm. The Denver Broncos. Under Peyton Manning, yep. defense won them a championship. Yeah, the team, the offensive team, got blown out by the better defensive team in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, I I don't know about basketball because that's so different, and you have so many offensively gifted players, and it's We've just seen it in college though, like Virginia. College, yeah. Virginia won. They lost as a. But as I think a, that's because a there's seed, a but. there's a bigger margin for error in college. Yeah. Where the players miss more shots, mm. whereas the NBA they don't. So right. even if you're playing really tight defense, a guy still gets a shot off and yeah. buries it. Get some jerk <laughs> from from half court. Yeah. What's his name? Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard <laughs> snapping it off from half court. I'll just take a shot here. It's Nothing fine. Nothing but net. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think hockey. Yeah, like goaltending and defense. You go back. You go back to the LA Kings. Jonathan Quick, and defensively, they were a solid team. They didn't have any superstars. Like, they mm. had Kopitar and those guys, but those guys weren't, like, megastars, just really hardworking players. 2019 Blues had goaltending and good defense. Last year, the Vegas Golden Knights had goaltending and good defense. Mm-hmm. So, I guess the question is, what, does defense still win you championships? Uh, so, the question is, would you sell out if you're if you're a GM? So, let, let me paint it this way for you, Jamie. New Jersey Devils in the 90s. Won Stanley Cups playing the trap. They didn't even try to score. <laughs> there you go. So I'm a, I'm looking at this from a baseball standpoint. Year after year after year, just drafting pitching, drafting pitching, drafting pitching, drafting pitching. Can you win that way? I, I think you can. Because I think when you get to the postseason, the more certainty that you have from a pitching standpoint, the better off you are. Because you don't know who's going to step up offensively for you. We've talked about like Goldie and Arenado with their chances. They have not they've not been big postseason players. But the teams that have won have had that pitching. Even teams that like the Giants that won they won three. They won in 10, 12, and 14, right? They had different offensive heroes in all those years, but their pitching was the same. 
Lincecum and Matt Cain and eventually like Jake Peavy and they had st- Bumgarner of course they had studs and then they had different guys offensively that would have big postseasons so would you sell out for it though is the question if my team wasn't good enough offensively but I had a really good defensive team and I knew that if I could sell off pieces and get even better defensively yeah so would I if you're right there and you're close and you have a team that is like really good defensively yeah absolutely why wouldn't you mm-hmm if you go the other way, you're an idiot. I'm with you. You're going to meander in mediocrity. You might as well go all in, baby. Different sport. Giants, though. New York Giants. Oh, yeah. Think about They were selecting defensive end after defensive end after defensive end in the first round. And the fans were like, oh, the receiver. Yeah, receiver. You beat Tom Brady twice because you kept, you kept that philosophy yeah. of having just these defensive ends that would come in late. You know, you've had that rotation. And when everybody else was gassed, you still had pass rushers at Tom Brady. I think there's something to that. I just don't think that teams, a lot of teams do it. Because they're they're afraid. They're like, ah, I can't have a, a mediocre offense. I can't sell out for this yeah. defense. Well, it is. It's a big risk, man. Because yeah. defense, as we all know, it takes hard work and dedication and a willingness to sacrifice everything to play defense. Right. So it's a mentality. It's a mentality. So you're not just drafting a good defensive player or trading for a good defensive player. You're trading for a thought process. Right. And if that player, for some reason or, or other, is like, yeah, I'm just tuckered out, mm-hmm. then your plan doesn't work. Right. Because you need animals on defense. Yeah. You need Ray Lewis. You need Lawrence Taylor. You need these guys that, like, just lay it out there. Yep. If and that you know in the, yeah, in the crunch, in and, the crunch too, like talking, Taylor's going to get, LT's going to get you. And if you're talking hockey, you need guys that are going to block shots, play physical, never take a shift off. Yeah. You know, like, yep. it's a mentality, man. No doubt. Okay. We've got Fader Follow, Bet the Board, Three Stars of the Day, Criticisms, Cobblins. we got a lot to do next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. I'll fade. I'll fade. Money, 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 money. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time to play fade or follow. Who's the name? Pete. Sneaky Pete. Sneak. That's right. <laughs> Sneaky Pete. What's up, Pete? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. You're going for a hundo, right? Um, yeah. All right. There we go. What was our selection last week? The Maple Leafs. We did have the Maple uh, Leafs. Yeah, we yeah. we we the, the Leafs beat the Avs. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, Jamie, we're looking at this uh, this NHL board tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Now, we can look at our blues here, blues and wild, but I I, I kind of think the play is Vegas minus 120 against Buffalo. You've also got your Maple Leafs at minus 120 against the New York, New York Rangers. Yeah. Who have been incredible. Both teams have been really good. I, I also but look you at, have your eyes on one team specifically. I also look at the Avs minus 142 against the Preds. There you go. But 
I think your Golden Knights play is better, actually. Well, let's go with that, then. Yeah. All right, so, Pete, we're going the Vegas Golden Knights, minus 120 in Buffalo. That's tomorrow night. Would you like to fade us or follow us on Vegas? After the 4 o'clock fight today, you know I'm going to follow you. Yeah! Yeah. All right. Pete was listening earlier. Good man. All right, so so Vegas wins tomorrow, Pete. You got $150 of FanDuel's money. You'll be back next week. Sound good? Sounds great. Thanks, All guys. Right. Thanks, Pete. Have, Have a great one, weekend. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. All right, see ya. That's Pete here in the uh, fast lane for fade or follow. So go Vegas He's tomorrow night. right now, man. Yeah, he is. He's doing well. I can't remember. what. What's the highest? Do we know? Like uh, The highest we got was 150 I think. Oh, really? I, I thought, thought it was we were, 200 I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought it was higher. Was it? it yeah. was, 200, was, like, I think our first contestant that's what, ever. That's yeah. right. It was like four or five in a row or something. Well, five. Would five be. would be 250. That's hey, just here to help, Anthony. That's on me, Jamie. <laughs> you know the words were coming out of my mouth, and then the math was being tabulated up, 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 stop. And I'm like, ah, I can't stop myself right now. All right, uh, let's do bet the board while we're at it. So it's a brand new month, but I think we should use the standings of last month. Did Carrie ever text us? No, no, he didn't. But I have a pick for him. Okay, that I think he might like. So Carrie, unfortunately, did not text oh, us. Wait, he oh, just he did. just did. Oh, Holy smokes. Son of a gun. And, of course, he took his Warriors. So let's take a look here at the Warriors. They play tonight in Toronto. They're minus three. So Carrie has the Warriors minus three. One. That's a gimme. <laughs> Those gimmies typically don't wind up I being know. gimmies. All right, so Carrie. <laughs> so I'm glad, well, I'm glad Carrie texted us. So this is actually Carrie's play for, uh, I think it's Jackie, right? Jackie's got Carrie. So the Warriors minus three. Now, Jamie, I think you finished second last month. So go ahead. Maybe. Um... It's either you or I, but you can go ahead. I'm going right back to that Golden Knights game. I like that play a lot. There you go. I don't see them losing to the Sabres. So Golden Knights minus 125. That's tomorrow. That's a tomorrow night game. Tomorrow, 7 Eastern time. I am going to go to the college basketball side of things here. The, The Alabama Crimson Tide tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa hosting Tennessee. Tennessee. Big SEC matchup, Jamie. They're both eight and two over the last ten games. Alabama's only a two and a half point favorite. Let's roll tide. All right. Alabama minus two and a half against Tennessee. <laughs> so that's my play. Marsh, what do you got? All right. So I'm looking at the LA Clippers and the Washington Wizards. And in the last five matchups, the Clippers have covered the spread against Washington. Now, Washington took on the Lakers last night, so they have a back-to-back. We know how the NBA goes with back-to-backs. The second day, they typically don't do as well. And the Washington Wizards are already terrible as it is. And the Clippers, they've lost two in a row. I think they are hungry for a victory and for a blowout. So I have the Clippers to cover and they're at minus six, 16 and a half points. Whoa. Yeah. You're you're laying 16 and a half with the Clippers? 16. I think they blow them out. When is this game? Tonight. Tonight. Do you not like my pick, Anthony? I love it. No, I do. I love it. I'm going to change it. No, I'm going to go ahead and change it. Final answer. No, I don't answer on that. not a thing. Yeah, final answer. I don't think so. Let's go. No, let's go with the Flyers. Flyers over the Washington Capitals tonight. That was a pivot. Why did you pivot? You got scared. I was just asking why. Didn't seem Marsh. Since when do you care what Anthony What do you think? Yeah, why do you care about my take on that? It just, it was, I wanted to make sure it wasn't six and a half or something. 16 and a half. All right, I'll stick with it.
There you go. I'll stick, go with, stick it. with your gut. I'll stick with so my gut. So Clippers minus what? 16 or 16 yeah, and a half? Clippers minus 16 and a half. Okay. All right. There you go. So there's our bet the board, bet the board for uh, tonight here, March 1st. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. March, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? All right. From the 314, you guys give me a headache when you talk baseball. You guys sound like scorned lovers. Thank you very much. I don't see the problem. Nope. From the 636, way to go, Anthony. You Thank just you. ruined everyone's day. Oh, that's nice. What? Why? Was I talking about the Cardinals? Yes. Well, that's probably why both, both textures probably connected there. You're welcome. We had a text message. I'm sorry. We had a mic drop earlier today from Lisa. We get a text message from Lisa. Guys, I hope you know how much fun I have with your show. Appreciate each of you. Lisa time for some wings. Nice. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's it's Dash Lisa time for some wings. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not so it's Lisa not Lisa time. time. <laughs> it's Lisa time. It could be. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa time, time includes some, some wings. wings. Yeah. yeah. I like that. No, we love you, Lisa. Thanks for participating in the yeah, show. We appreciate you very much. Lisa, unlike unlike the previous texters, actually the the one the last text probably was was with us there. But, uh, Lisa gets us. Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for uh, the three stars of the day. Uh, our third star of the day is going to go to Anthony the salesman. Oh, oh. yeah, selling the washing machine. Oh yeah, open box, open flood. box, ruined. Well done, son. You. Well done. You ruined my Thanksgiving, she said. You ruined my life. Ah, okay. Uh, the second star of the day <laughs> goes to five dollars an hour. Sorry. Hey, care. Always care. <laughs> I did care. No, st- apparently you didn't. Well, I sold that, it, didn't I? That, no, that I didn't install you- it. I sold it. Yeah, which you shouldn't have. <laughs> Listen, I can only sell the product that I have. The uh, the second star of the day goes to not the TV show, but the establishment, The Office. Yes. yes. And it there should, too. Absolutely. It absolutely yeah. should. And our first star of the day, she just made the JV soccer team, oh, McKinnon Rivers. Yes. Congratulations, McKinnon. Yeah. Good job. There you go. You guys big got a celebration dinner a big tonight. Celebration Anthony. dinner. You got a kick out of this. I did. I said to my daughter, I said, uh, celebration dinner tonight. Where do you want to go? Anywhere. Anywhere. She goes, Texas Roadhouse. Nice. I like their steak. <laughs> and I was telling Jamie, Mountie P, Mount Pleasant, yeah. they had a Texas Roadhouse. That was the fancy meal for us. It is. All right. Uh, for Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, and Anthony Stoltz, have a great weekend. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.